0: Yeah,
1: John Neal here. You just had sex with me in a hotel and left without saying goodbye.
0: Yeah, it ended up being delayed. So, sorry, I was panicking.
1: Well, if I don't get to see you again, I just wanted to say it was nice to see you again.
0: Yeah, it was nice to see you too.
1: Um, and listen, use that other email I gave you, because that's the only secure one, okay? Okay. (coughs) You alright?
0: Yeah. I'm just jet lagged. Well, you should
1: go home and get some rest. Hong Kong's a long way. Oh, wait. Is that you?
2: Yeah, that's me. They're calling my flight. All right, well, look, I'm really glad you called. Thanks. Hi. Right. Hello again, and welcome to the Film Effect Podcast, where we take all things film to the full effect. My name is Ed. Next to me is my cinematic life mate and favorite asshole, Sean. Good morning, Film Effect. And if you're a fellow cinephile like us, or just a casual fan of movies in general, then you've come to the right place. We're a weekly podcast that do deep dives and touch lives of each and every single episode, focusing on a particular film each week in an effort to give it the full Film Effect treatment. But before we jump into our biohazard suits, I want to let you guys know that our ever-going collection of previous episodes can be found on our website at podpage.com the-film-effect-podcast, as well as all major platforms, direct link in the episode notes. We're currently in the process of updating the site to include more features and ways for everyone to interact. Once that launches, you guys will be the first to know. In the meantime... Sean, as you may know, we're on various social media platforms at the moment while we're actively posting news, updates, and pretty much anything that pertains to the film effect movement. Would you happen to know what the Facebook and Instagram handles are for the loyal listeners at home?
3: That would be the Film Effect Podcast.
2: And how about the handle for our always active Twitter page? I'm looking at it right now. It's Film Effect Pod. And finally, can you please share that email for our special GeoCities listeners?
3: The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. All right. Fucking Geo City. <laughs> <laughs> That's too good.
2: So I'm sure you've heard by now. CM Punk's back, baby.
3: Nah, I saw you and your brother were all up in arms about that on social media last night. I forgot he was even going. It's to a big
2: deal. Media. Seven years. Seven? Since he stepped away. Since uh-huh. he walked out of WWE in late January of. 2014
3: yeah 2014
2: he's, he's, but he's back with the company when he's he with he's with A- aew okay. he's not with vince in fact he went as far as to on his speech last night like said that he stepped away from wrestling in 2005 which was when he left ring of Honor for wwe so he's not even acknowledging his career ever existing in wwe, in WWE. <laughs> and the good thing is phil brooks the the, the real man behind the CM punk persona He's a genius because he went ahead and he's got his own rights to everything. Pretty much everything he left the WWE with, he still has. And he brought it to you know the company with him last night. He's sure. pretty much got an identical t-shirt to match his old big design. He's got the living color cult of personality theme. He's still going by CM Punk. Um, he just, you know, he never let Vince... Get, you know, do to him like he does with everyone else, and hold the rights to everything. He's just he was but always he, one but, step ahead. But,
3: but he didn't create the thing. He didn't create the persona himself. It's this Phil Brooks guy. I didn't know. No, like Phil
2: Brooks thing. is his real name. Oh, that's his. That's that's what I said. Oh. <laughs> the, the man behind the persona. That's okay, Phil Brooks. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and yeah, a lot of people thought this wasn't going to happen, but he never say never in wrestling. Last night was living proof. Well,
3: so, I, I know you and Andrew were both big fans of his work. I was never... I didn't
2: follow The it. thing is, I fell out of wrestling way back. Yeah. It's, it's been like several years since I've really actively followed it. Me too. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. It's too early to tell this, uh, if this will bring me back in, but I don't know. CM Punk would be the guy to do it. So, Anybody
3: else on there wrestling with AEW? Anybody out of Uh,
2: the Big Show. Uh, oh. Um... Sting.
3: Uh, uh, you know, somebody did mention something on, on, I think Facebook or whatever, like wow Sting's in good shape for his age. Just recently, I guess he had a match the other night. Right. Um, I don't know what they were watching. Though. I forget. You
2: know, so your three big ones are what? WWE, AEW, and ROH. Not really ROH that much anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. Impact still around. Um, New Japan. They're always in the fold. And um Yeah, I mean there's very just various variations of WWE have. They have NXT, NXT UK, um, you know, of course, WWE, and SmackDown. Right. So I don't know. I don't I don't I don't follow it. So I really can't comment too much on anything else at the moment. So um just wanted to give everyone an update that the uh, Patreon page that I've been teasing for the last several months now is coming along nicely, and by the time the Halloween horror thon rolls around, I'm comfortably saying it will be launched. So by September, uh, by the end of September, I'll right. um, have it launched. Um, I just <laughs> want to make sure everything's in line, you know how I am, right. my teeth cross my eyes, all that yeah, all that jazz, Right. Um, which also reminds me i've also been talking about uh, a serial mom locations video um i'm gonna be shooting that next month i'm just basically waiting on the weather to cool off because it's been like a heat wave every other week here and i'm not trying to go out that plus you know just working around my full-time job plus the podcast i haven't really had time to really even think about how to handle this to go
3: wandering around ruxton
2: yeah, I was basically, I mean, I drove out of the house the other day, actually, and I, that's what made me think about it, and I wanted to bring it up here on the on the air. So, uh, it's coming. Um, it's setting up to be a really fun outdoor autumn project that I'm looking forward to tackling. So, uh, for those of you in the up and up, fantasy football is back. I did two drafts last week. Uh, one was for a dynasty league. One was for just a regular one-and-done type league for the season. Um. Yeah, good stuff. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I drafted uh, a lot of young prospects for the dynasty league, obviously, because they're gonna gonna be people that will carry over for the next five years. And you know how it is. If if you know, you know. Um. So best of luck to anyone out there listening who are uh, into the fantasy. I don't know. It's a, a lot of fall stuff, really. Uh, pumpkin seasons back at Duncan put my finishing touches on the uh the halloween harthon lineup for us um other than that i don't know
3: where does the time go
2: where does it go i don't know shout outs shout out to his family all right best film ever special thanks to ian liam ellie and georgia and sometimes ethan for being such a strong and sincere unit um i love their contribution to the community on a weekly basis and i'm thankful for ian being the glue that holds that crew together seriously uh, we don't always see eye to eye but if there was ever a bill and ted moment where we needed to join forces with another show to record the the biggest (laughs) podcast to save the world you guys would hands down be that show so your next favorite movie just want to acknowledge josh real quick uh once more for his unique podcast that interviews fellow podcasters to talk about their favorite films each episode short and sweet Spoiler-free, to the point. Uh, you can even find an episode featuring yours truly. We recorded a couple of weeks back, and uh, that episode will be dropping the first week of October. So go check him out if you haven't already. It's damn good and original podcast. The FNerds, FN a show I've personally started listening to on a much more daily basis lately. Uh, I can't praise their recent deep dive on A24 Studios enough. That great chemistry, which is key. There's knowledge and in the information being shared, also important. My only minor gripe is the fact that I can't access their show on Pocket Cast. Other than that, little diddle, The uh, FNRs is definitely a show that you should start checking out when you're done with us. Uh, Hard Queers, a show I've been following for the better part of two years now. Two hosts there, Joe jo and Trace, have impeccable chemistry that I think is one of the shows biggest strengths. Each film they uh, choose to cover has some sort of ties to uh, LGBTQ, and that's something that Sean and I are avid supporters of. check out their episode on the fly that dropped last week. Uh, I listened to it last night at work and had a great time with it. Paul and Griff, welcome back, fellas. Download their return episode covering the 1999 horror horror horror-ish? Classic remake, The Mummy. Brendan Fraser. It's more of an action. It's a fun film overall.
3: Hey, hey, hey. Uh it feels like an uncharted game.
2: It feels like a film that I a lot of podcasts have covered lately. I, I swear. I know we hate movies just did it recently. Well, Brendan Fraser, I'm lately. Apparently. Well, it's about damn time. Um yeah. Did
3: you uh did you watch that um I was gonna bring it up as as my recommend. Did you watch that new Soderbergh flick? did. He did we,
2: we talked about this, yeah. Did we? Mm-hmm. Okay. I told you about the fish islands. Oh, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. You did. You did. I finally gave it a run.
2: Also, check out Spy Hearts for their unique concept. Backlook Cinema for the originality. Film Vloggers for the chemistry. Robo Diorama for the catchiest damn theme song you'll ever hear on a podcast. Geekverse for the up and up uh, movie reviews. Saturday Night Freak Show for the genre. Halloweenies for the dedication. And finally, shout out to you. Yes, you. The listener. Especially if you contributed to our Shawshank episode, which just recently became our third biggest episode after only a couple weeks being released. Seriously, that shit, that a, a lot of people are tuning in still to Shawshank. Um, really? Check them all out, but, you know, I guess uh, ride that train while I'm still going and uh, get on that, that hot Shawshank episode, so... All right, so we're charting currently in the U.S. and Hong Kong, Thailand, and still doing our thing for our homies over in Nigeria. Hey, I, no I, new I, new regions. What was
3: that? Uh, well, no, no, I meant to, you, I, I was I was going to say when you were doing the shout outs. We ever figured out who that Shug Dog was or, that left us that review? On, uh,
2: no idea. No one's come forth, <laughs> and I'm not even a about to just Sherlock Holmes yeah, that shit.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Well, it's if probably just a
2: fit, someone who just checked it out. I don't know. Uh, well, chances are we don't know who they are I'm sure So, but I'm still thankful for it um current events rest in peace Sonny Chiba yeah. who we lost yesterday at the yeah, time yeah, of this yeah. recording yeah, um, yeah. from COVID complications so all of you uh, naysayers out there shit's real um <laughs> uh, so, what are your memories of Sonny Chiba? A man we don't really talk about. I've talked about him on the True Romance episode, but... Well, I mean, that's where, you know, everybody,
3: uh, I think, in the in the current... Uh, the Street Fighter films. I'd, you know, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'd never, I, I, I didn't follow a lot of the, okay. you know, like the Shaw Brothers movies and stuff like that. Like, you know, I, I'm, like, I wasn't avid. So, I didn't know who he was until seeing True Romance. You know, but then obviously Tarantino is such a film lover that he's going to work real people into his, into his narratives. Um, and then, you know, obviously he has a cameo and he's a Tori Hanzo and, you know, the Kill Bill series. Um, but I, I, I haven't seen any of those Street Fighter movies outside of the clips that you see in True Romance. I can't tell you any Sonny Chiba film that I've seen outside of his performance in Kill Bill. You know, just never, it was never really my thing. You know, I enjoy him, but I don't seek them out. Yeah,
2: sonny chiba to me uh street fighter films I'm, I'm a big fan of um sister street fighter the spinoff i actually own both collections um he a lot of the more general public fans more casual fans of film i should say um probably have seen him uh in his last american performance uh, fast and furious tokyo drift
3: Oh, he was in that? Yeah, yeah. He, I didn't he know was all that. I saw that Okay,
2: yeah, he was uh, the Drift King, D.K., his uh, either grandfather or, or mentor. Oh, of, really? I need to go back and my watch it. I he's, he shows up that. in a suit at the yeah, end.
3: I kind of remember that character. I had no idea it was Sonny Chiba I think it's his
2: grandfather, because I think there's a scene where he says he lets him down at the, at the end of the race or something Right, like that. right, right. That I haven't seen Tokyo bell. Drift in years. But, um, and, and, and Kill Bill, Volume 2. Mm-hmm um which came out a couple years prior to uh the tokyo drift um yeah he's a legend uh he's like think jackie chan and jet lee um from the 70s man yes he was, yes he was, he was that guy in the he 70s was, yes he was to that the that decades what the, the the two people that i just mentioned are to current times you know a legend uh very active um so many movies, so many goddamn movies. But the ones that uh, you can start with, like I said, the Street Fighter collection. Um, they're good. They're short, to the point, they're sweet. A little over the top, but you gotta learn. You gotta realize that a lot of the movies at the time were that way. Yeah, that's I mean, how they it's, were done. Yeah,
3: just the kung fu movie. I actually just got done playing. Uh, um, went back and revisited this PlayStation game <clears throat> called uh, Sleeping Dogs. And it basically plays like Infernal Affairs, you know mm-hmm. the what what the part of right 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 because you're playing is like this coming under- into the podcast.
2: <laughs> you are
3: basically playing is like this undercover cop who's infiltrating the triad. Pretty cool little kung fu game from a PS3. I had a remastered version downloaded mm-hmm. on my PS4. Mm-hmm. Just literally just wrapped that up a couple days ago. And what right. was it who was the guy from the 90s john uh, chow young fat
2: yeah you know, say john Woo used good one uh, yeah john Woo, exactly uh replacement killers um infernal affairs uh just yeah crouching tiger hidden dragon Right. Which I've never seen before, so... Yeah? No? Yeah, but you are right. A lot of people will probably remember him mostly from that. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 good, that'll give you a good, good, good feel call. as to how those 70s kung
3: fu movies played off. Like, yeah, they, they defy the laws of physics and shit, but it's all for cool visual storytelling, so...
2: <laughs> it's Weekly Recommends. What would
3: you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed?
2: So I'm actually going to go ahead and recommend a film that we're going to be covering in a few weeks, and that is John Carpenter's The Thing... 1982, um, not that 2011 nonsense, not the, the the thing from another planet or dimension. Um, the original, I mean the original, the the, 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 the carpenter, yeah, the yeah, one that everybody knows, the, the classic in our hearts, right? Um, like I said, we're going to be doing that in September with um, a whole Alaskan crew of our own. It seems we're going to have a lot of guests for that episode. My brother's yeah. going to be a part of that. Uh, my friend Kelly is gonna be on there. Our friend Ian's gonna be there. Um, it's it's you know I might have a couple more people um involved in it. It's, it's gonna be a fun episode covering one of my personal favorites, um, from the genre. Uh, I don't know if you noticed it, Well, I, I picked up the 4K on Voodoo. It was on sale for I five th- bucks. Yeah, I, d- the I other did. Day. See
3: it. I, I think Sideshow or somebody just released a new R.J. McCready. Um, figure don't look too bad ears sideshow or NECA it was reasonably priced but it had all different kind of like
2: it's probably NECA I don't think, I think sideshow was- is really in the game anymore yeah yeah.
3: I, I think uh,
2: well no they are they are but they're oh, really they high end shit they're doing a lot of high end like Marvel stuff Neck is like
3: really killing it really NECA's. Yeah, I mean just- I, 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 I got a ton of their house with a thousand corpses stuff you know that mm-hmm. um but yeah no, they just did a pretty cool uh rj mccready release interchangeable heads and hands and stuff
2: yeah that's neca that, that neca does mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. um so what do you got for us this week
3: uh, i was going to bring up that um the Soderbergh's one what was it on uh, no 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 sudden move right you right know the no but, sudden move
2: yeah my, my second th- favorite film of the year so far
3: it was like uh, I, I, I liked it. Mandy bailed about halfway through. She just like kind of wasn't feeling it, wasn't her type of thing. But we did watch it uh, a couple weeks ago. You were right about that fish eye lens. It wasn't, you know, the whole time. Like I'm expecting the whole film to look like. I first was five to minutes, cool. I was, It was. It was. Really it's, it's. It's there. Taking it, me away from it, it, the film. It, it's. It's there throughout, but you know, it's, it's not consistent. But that's it, what I it, noticed. Like, the first five minutes. Right. Seconds, right. I, I, I don't know that I, I. don't know that I would have unless you had said something or maybe. I'll oh, come ra- on, It's So obvious. Right away. It's like think.
2: watching a Beastie Boys video. <laughs> yeah,
3: true. Like Spike Jones. Yeah. The cinematographer. Come on, man. Um. It was, you know, it, it, it was a nice little swatless slice of early fifties noir, you know. Yeah. And. She, and Julia Fox is great.
2: Her second film, might I add. Yeah, it was only that and uncut gems. Right? That's it. She's only done too. Yeah. 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 I was expect I I. She was in it. More in a role that was bigger than I expected. Yeah. Me so, too. Just yeah. gonna say that without spoilers. Yeah. But overall, yeah. Um. It, it did, it, um, it's like how I felt about Suicide Squad that I've been talking about. How right. it, it had, the, the plot surprised me in, in moments. Yeah. So the things that happened that I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. um, Didn't see, didn't expect that, didn't see that yeah, coming. Yeah, it,
3: it doesn't really weigh you until like after the first hour.
2: It, like I can it feels- say the final like half hour when the movie really <laughs> kicks in into overdrive. Right. Um, I was taken back by a few things that happened. Yeah, it starts kind of corkscrewing there for, the, you know
3: right to, once once act three kicks down it the zigs instead of zags you're expecting right. one thing and something else right occurs. right it definitely definitely you know plays on your expectations but yeah i mean for like the first hours and that's where kind of mandy kind of bailed on it she just like felt it was you know been there done that she just went and uh, i got went you to bedroom watched tv or whatever so i sat out here and finished it and like within 10 minutes or split i'm like oh shit oh shit you're missing
2: out yeah it did exactly what i want to film it did exactly what i want yeah a film to do to me you know just surprise me entertain me you do those two things
3: yeah like i said soderbergh's usually hit or miss for me but i wasn't uh you know i wasn't mad at that
2: one now did you did you intentionally recommend that because of this episode no no it's just a coincidence it was just coincidence i just thought about that actually you you said his name out loud i'm like wait a minute I've been writing that name all morning. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's
3: just it's just because it was one of the newer films that I watched because I, I want to watch that Reminiscence, but I haven't watched it yet.
2: Oh, that's right. That did drop. Yeah, it dropped on uh, Thursday night. Um, Maybe I'll see that. I'm actually planning on going to the theater after we record because I had that the I AMC Movie Pass us. and I haven't used it yet since right. I've used it for one movie, Suicide Squad. And right. I was thinking, I don't have Madeline this weekend. We're gonna do this early enough where I'll have plenty of time to go. So. It's right now. It's right now. I'm I'm checking out. um, Don't breathe too, because I'm curious. I've I've avoided all spoilers. I'm curious as to how they're gonna turn this movie or try and sell me on this motherfucker being (laughs) the the protagonist. Now, right? He does. You, if you've seen Don't Breathe, the first film, like you cannot be it, irredeemable things that happened in that movie well how I, can this man now be a hero suddenly it's, I've gotta read, be I, what,
3: what i've read is is more like a anti-hero don't so like, start spoiling i'm not i'm shit. not it wasn't it wasn't a spoiler but it was like i think i think the way they the way that they sell it from what i've gathered is that the antagonists in the sequel do even more despicable shit i guess is i mean i don't know I, it does I,
2: you you can't turn this into a you know a dick swinging contest like this is like <laughs> if, if, if he does some stuff that's pretty effed up yeah i gotta i gotta go back and rewatch the, the
3: first i want to see the sequel i gotta go back and rewatch it first when i only saw it once but i remember enjoying it and it <clears> kind of shocked me like i didn't gave me a little bit of newfound respect for steven lang
2: you know yeah um <laughs> so that's what i'll probably end up going and checking out what Cause, don't breathe too because the, the 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 reminiscence is something i can just watch at home. yeah you just gotta watch
3: it exactly tonight, you exactly might as well so because don't breathe too and then watch reminiscence when you get home. there you go that's what I'll probably, probably watch doing. that tonight well i can
2: only do one or the other because I, I gotta get this edited for monday ah, so. true, true. but we'll see to be continued sean i don't feel so good maybe if we talk about a movie for a couple hours I'll start feeling better this is Contagion
1: it was a groundbreaking ceremony for a new factory
0: did she mention seeing anyone who was sick anyone on a plane at the airport
1: no she said she was jet lagged (laughs)
0: The average person touches their face
1: three to five times every waking minute. In between, we're touching doorknobs, water fountains, and each other. Beth! Mom! No, no, uh, go up to your room, honey. So we have a virus with no treatment protocol and no vaccine at this time. You had a seizure this morning, Beth. She had a history of seizures, allergies. As of last night, there were 32 cases. Unfortunately, she did die. Right. Let me see, can I go talk to her? Mr. Amos, your wife is dead. What are you talking about? Okay. What happened to her? What happened to her?
0: Is there any way someone could weaponize the bird flu is what we're looking at. Someone
1: doesn't have to weaponize the bird flu. The birds are doing that.
3: Watch this, it's transmission. We just need to know which direction.
2: On day one, there were two people, and then four, and then 16. In three months, it's a billion. That's where we're headed.
1: They're calling out the National Guard. They're moving the president underground. People will panic. Get away! People tip over. The truth is being kept from the world. Cook your samples. Destroy everything.
0: Hello. I need you to get me the names of everyone who serviced this room. It's an emergency.
1: You can't panic now. I know. I'm gonna get you home. I got people too, Dr. Cheever. We all do.
0: Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Stay away from other people.
3: You're back in your car. We're not sick.
1: is figuring
0: us out faster than we're figuring it out. It's
3: mute. Voted in by the listeners might we add, right?
2: Yeah. As as voted by a film effects audience. Contagion follows the rapid progress of a lethal airborne virus that kills within days as the fast-moving epidemic grows, the worldwide medical community races to find a cure and control the panic that spreads faster than the virus itself. At the same time, ordinary people struggle to survive in a society coming apart. Alright, so first-time viewings.
1: Uh, it's, it's just that, you see, this is actually uh, my, my first time.
2: No, no, my fir- it's my first time uh, since my first time, so technically that's... My second time, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. So if I'm not up to, I remember when I first saw this. I didn't see it in the theater. I waited. So after it came out, uh, red boxed it, and watched it at the apartment. Not long after we moved in, mm-hmm. so. That's my memory of this movie.
3: Uh I I went up just buying it. Um I called well, out of work that day. <laughs> I, t- to, I took
2: just, a personal slash sick day. Just to watch contagion? Not I just happened to fall in the same daddy and right, call out. Right, right. I, I wasn't that you know, hyped to see contagion. That, that you I were calling off yeah. work. Right. I'm playing sick to watch
3: people play sick. Right. Um now mine mine would have been when I, I like I, I bought it based on the cast
2: you know and the story was intriguing that was the, the theater that was the film's biggest like sh- the strongest self yeah
3: yeah i mean i was curious as to as to how the story would unfold so i grabbed it for like i don't know 12 15 bucks on blu-ray brought it home
2: line buy yeah nothing wrong with that uh-huh um yeah, it's funny because when all this happened the, the 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 pandemic that happened last year let, let's not ignore the fact that they you know, this kind of ties into it's very, very current times. We'll be you bringing know. that up throughout the break. But like Last um, last year when, you know, I want to say March, April when the shit was starting to really start going. like I was curious because I, I got a fucked up morbid curiosity and I went and thought I had it. I swore I had it on Voodoo but I didn't. Um, so I ended up renting it on iTunes or something and watched it uh, at home and then I think I was at an F.Y.A. or somewhere like a month later, and they had a used copy. Probably might, might have been Soundgarden, but right. they, had, they had a used copy for like four or five bucks, and I picked it up. And it's, it's to my luck, still had the digital code inside. Sometimes it's hit or miss when you get a movie when you buy a used. film. Yeah, sometimes yeah, well, they nothing, have it. Yeah, sometimes you know, they, they don't.
3: Or, or the code's still in there. Is still be yeah. really good. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. Um, funny enough, it's I, you know, Mandy had never seen it, I and mean, we all got locked down last spring um probably right around you know March or April kind of around Easter I remember cuz I was a little sick I didn't have you know covid but I was you know I, had my yeah, heart I yeah I remember that. Well, I remember have a heart condition. I remember that very really well. You know I was I was out of work for a couple of weeks we both had, anyway.
2: We, you know we both had major shit going on cuz you were dealing with that. Right. And I was personally dealing with panic attacks for the first time in yeah. my life and yeah. they were like coming non-stop from all ends like for about 2-3 weeks straight. Right. You know and Scared the living shit out of yeah, me. It was completely
3: unrelated to COVID whatsoever, but we were going through our own shit while the world was crumbling around. And then the us. world's
2: falling apart,
3: right? We got
2: our own shit. And going I'm sitting on there, and keep there in together. the middle of the fire, just saying,
3: "This is fine." Yeah, this is fine. um Yeah, so so we sat down to watch it because shit, that's all we had to do back then. You know, nobody was leaving the house, and. She couldn't believe it. She's like, "Oh my God, this was!" and then she had to get up, flip the you know, flip the case over to see when it was made. She's like, Real wow, close to it's, home. It's very, 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 very precious. My first because few- even
2: when I watched it last year, like it hadn't hit peak, you know, times that you know we're all masked. This was still before like, there was a mask mandate and everything, but then. We I, watching it, it now, doing a little before then after in this movie was really interesting. So yeah, I, I was, will be I will be talking about that throughout. Yeah,
3: me, me too. I mean, the first notes I made were the film is prescient and accurate with the handling of everything. Because it was what five six years be- the, 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 at, at least before the shit hit us? When when did this film come out? Ten years ago.
2: So, 10 years ago. All Matter right, of fact, so, uh, in, in two weeks after this uh, recording, or, uh, two weeks after this episode drops, will be the 10 year anniversary, no September shit. 9th.
3: Okay. So, uh, Soderbergh was looking through his crystal ball, <laughs> you know? Because the way shit got yeah. handled is the way shit gets handled, obviously. Yeah. We know that now. More or less. I right, didn't, didn't then. That, you know, by the time we watch it then, I think I'd seen it twice already. Neither one of those times had it ever dawned on me that that's how it could go down. And then when we started getting locked down because of COVID, um, it didn't dawn on me until I watched contagion. I'm like, holy shit. This is the fucking
2: blueprint of the world right now. (laughs) Um, it's like Phil Collins in the back of your head saying, "This is the world we live in." Oh,
3: <laughs> yeah. And what what is it with this month? With, with like we're covering nothing but global pandemic films. We got Contagion, the Apes movie. Well, we talked about it.
2: that last week. I was listening about the, the episode. And I was like, huh, we really are doing that. Yeah. It just is total coincidence. It's
3: a Global virus month here. At the 20th film
2: anniversary of, of 9-11 coming up. Like it's just Shh. it's all about destruction, baby. <laughs> it all comes together. I didn't realize our taste ran so morbid oh man so uh (laughs) live top five all
3: right rob it's your turn okay i'm feeling kind of basic today top five side ones track ones Janie jones clash
1: from the clash let's get it on marvin gay from let's get it on Nirvana, smells like teen spirit off of Nevermind. Oh, no, Rob, that's not obvious enough. Not at all. How about uh, Point
2: of No Return on Point of No Return? Louis, so you can uh, get up... <laughs> a, shut, uh, up <laughs> shut up, shut <laughs> up.
3: White Light, White Heat, Velvet Underground. Okay, that would be on my list. Though not and on mine. Massive Attack, No Protection. The song is radiation oh. ruling the nation. Let's
2: talk about something less morbid Yeah, please. For, for a second. And this week's top five category is top five films with an ensemble cast. All right. So I will kick things off as the huge Okay. Number five, The Outsiders. Uh, I had JFK. Can't get more ensemble than that, man. Oh, really? Yeah. My number four is Ocean's Eleven. Um, the nineteen, the, the 2001 Soderbergh.
3: Right, right. Uh, I had that. I crossed it out for Cannonball Run. Cannonball Run nice. told me at the last minute. I'm like, yeah, Cannonball. I like it. Cannibal. didn't think
2: about that one. Yeah. My number three is Creep Show. Uh
3: okay, good, but that never crossed my mind. I had Boogie Nights.
2: Nice. All right, cool. I like it. Number two,
3: Heat. Uh yeah, it was I was hovering around that, but it, but I eked in true romance for number two. Speaking of my number one. True, true romance. romance. All right. Uh, my number one goes the original ensemble. Uh Stanley Kramer's It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh I mean, wow. if it weren't for you that way way back i'm just taking saying, it, it back way way back like, i remember seeing I that movie it. as a kid my grandparents loved it because you know that that was you know it came out i want to say it was released in like 61 64 something like that you talk about an ensemble film i don't think it ever been done before right and then they went and tried to redo it like what was that um that goofy they, they basically remade it in the 90s with like rowan atkinson and whoopi goldberg and a rat race rat race yeah, yeah same concept saw it in the theater did you really i did Did it's you have any idea you were watching the newer version
2: of it i man- actually didn't really go, i knew going into it that what it was, was i knew it was okay. a remake yes. okay yeah a very a, loose remake but a remake have you have you seen it's a Man, 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 man world with my grandmother when i was very okay. young okay
3: yeah it's uh, i i haven't seen it in a while but i caught it a, a few years back
2: um fun time but yeah i mean like crisis it's i believe it's smash like, mouth is at the end of that movie what a rat race! Yeah, they actually it, it, the whole thing ends at a, con, a Smash Mouth concert. Oh Jesus! If I'm not no, mistaken, uh, d- d- don't, gang, if you're listening to this,
3: instead of watching Rat Race, do yourselves a favor and check out Kramer's. It's a mad, the, mad, The mad, bit, mad, mad bit
2: with um, John Lovitz and his family and the, uh, the, the 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 Nazi bikers that part sticks out. <laughs> I actually built I hardly, it I thought I, I, it was funny as shit.
3: Any of that film? I think I watched. He's it choking
2: and, and he's like <laughs> trying to like signal things with his arms and hands and is acting like the, the Nazi salute symbol and it's like I vaguely remember it. I don't can't really talk about my, many more details. That's hard I remember from that scene. But right. I remember laughing my ass off at that. Other than that, yeah, it's 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 a movie that happened. It ends with a Smash Mouth concert <laughs> and uh, we all go to fuck home. <laughs> all right. So let's be, be. And before we talk about the film, yeah, um, yeah um, like you said, this this was um, as voted by you, audience. So this poll ran at the beginning of July, and I asked for everyone to vote on a 2011 movie. I gave the option. Um, let's just put it this way: uh, we got 35 total votes. Contagion won the vote with 31 percent followed by Drive with 26%, and then Crazy Stupid Love with 23%, followed by You're Next with 20%. So, Contagion, um, somehow, I was surprised. I was like, I, I thought Drive was a shoe in uh, Spoiler alert, I already had Drive on the schedule for September. I just figured I could utilize a week with this uh, being in the poll, and... Get away with it, but no, not so fast. The audience had other plans, and now I have to put in this no. Then and now we're doing a contagion episode, which I'm fine with. Um, just wasn't expecting it. That's all.
3: Yeah, I was a little um, Did, didn't know you my, guys I, were so dark. I know. It's just, I was kind of dragging my feet going, in. it you know I didn't watch it last night, you know and not that I didn't want to record today, but I'm like, I get out of. I like, really didn't feel like just getting out of bed and watching this first thing. <laughs> well, See, I was the exact opposite. You know I woke up I mean? this morning,
2: really like, getting ready to to do this someone because I don't know. It, I mean, I I didn't I mind like, it, but it's like you know, like oh, I got to get I, I, up and kind of like watch this a depressing
3: movie. film. It is depressing. It's very depressing, especially given everything's current. But I do like
2: things. this movie. Yeah, um,
3: yeah, it's, I definitely you know wasn't mad that i had to once i got into it but like it was just like like oh man do i really <laughs> want to get up and do this to myself first thing in the morning i don't have a lot of time we got to get it out of the way grin and bear it type thing you know all
2: right so the film kicks off day two you see beth emoff played by gwyneth patrow she's in an airport lounge coffin the, f- the film the film is focused on her and her only she gets a call from a. Uh, a guy named john neal who this is the voice of uh, soderbergh himself Oh, it's soderbergh yeah voice cameo okay um an old acquaintance who she just had sex with and She's there's a slut. montage where we see several other people um just kind of interacting that ensues uh, and there's a
3: little title card showing like what where we're at in the world with that's pop yeah every area, time it, every time it shows populace. a city
2: it gives us the population uh so we see a young man in hong kong who gets off of a boat sweating um he goes to his house his family his sister looking at him concerned in london we see a model getting sick and she goes to uh back to her uh, hotel room hotel staff come into the room and find her dead on the bathroom floor now one thing i picked on right picked up on right away um because we see it with her and then we see it with everyone else there's like this White crust that's uh-huh. on the side of their like the, the side of their mouth. Yeah, like the, it's like a from foam, right? You know, uh, so because we see, ooh, 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 I'm get ahead of myself. So, on a plane, a businessman comes uh, out of the lavatory with a pain expression on his face. Traveling back home to Tokyo, he's on a bus when he collapses to the floor, convulsing. His death is captured on a fan on a camera phone. Then we see a young man from Hong Kong leaving his apartment. Uh, the one who was off the boat who looked sick earlier. He's coughing. Can't see. His vision's like become There's a POV shot. His vision's like, you, you can't see anything. He's going blind, pretty much. He walks into the street. Boom. Gets hit by a bus.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, going about his day, he's like stumbling around. I mean, I, don't I, I would, feel like I wouldn't that dude, be, I don't leave the fucking house for even, even long before we had a global pandemic. I felt that way. Was like, I'm staying the fuck home. I'm gonna run them goddamn damn. He's
2: trying to tough it out and I'm like, dude. You don't you can't see like I'm that. A, I'm a bitch when I it's, get it's sick It's time man. to throw the timeout card and get down. All just right. just 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 sit down. Take a breather. You've earned it. <laughs> but no. Yeah. Um so We're in Minnesota, and Beth comes home to her husband, Mitch, who's played by Matt Damon, and they have a son, Clark. Um, Well, it's her son. It's her son, yes. It is her son, Um, although he does have a child of his own that we'll see in a little bit. Yep. So, then we cut to day three, and we have Dr. Ellis Cheever, played by Lawrence Fishburne, Comes into work at the Atlanta-based Center for Disease Control Pop- and Prevention, CDC. Uh, on the way in, he passes a janitor named Roger, played by the good old John, John Hawks. Hawks. Man, love me some John God, Hawks. I love John Hawks, too. Always
3: great to see him show up.
2: It's Benny from, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. Um, I mean, John Hawks from... He's, he
3: he basically played young young uh, Louis Gara in Life of Crime. The the with with Mo Staff playing Ordell Roby yeah you know those are characters you guys know from Quentin Tarantino's Jackie Brown but they're originally created by Elmore Leonard you know um, Ron Punch Life of Crime um, so uh, did you ever see Martha Marcy May Marlene no you know what I'm talking about Yes. where he's like the cult leader so like he's very very powerful role there and then he had a um um I can't think of the name but there's one was like a drunken private detective. Came out a couple years ago. Kind of like it's got a noir feel to it.
2: I haven't honestly seen him in that much recently, so chances are I haven't seen it. Um, I like to point back to his late 90s uh, just appearance in several movies after From Lost Till Dawn came out. Um, he, he had small roles, and I remember seeing him in Rush Hour, I Still don't Know What You Did Last Summer, Blue Streak, um, Hardball, Identity. Like these are all just movies that Identity. like yeah, yeah, he yeah. just popped up and had minor roles in that like he was just churning them out and then what I guys th-
3: got talent too. He was in that uh, Winter's Bone, right? Well, the one that Jennifer Lawrence and then really Winter's Bone won. came around and, and that's he when got, he was kind of that's when the world kind of stood up and took notice that the guy had talent. Right, and I had seen it years before.
2: And then he had that film, The Sessions, with Helen Hunt that really put I mean, him he's, on. Okay, yeah, uh, I uh, he, he, he got a lot of rewards. He got a lot of reward recognition for that one. So yeah, uh, John Hawks, he's the janitor here. They're on, They're, they're, they're you know, they're, they're, you can see right away their friends. They're talking about fantasy football, the little smack talk going on. Right. Uh, Roger's going to the office. Uh, but Roger, I mean, Sheever's going to the office, but Roger stops him and asks about it. He asks about his son since the school thinks that he has ADHD. Roger asked Sheever if he could uh, look at him, but Sheever says that he's not that kind of a doctor. However, he knows some people, so he will try to refer a good doctor to Roger for his son. So, Mitch, we see him picking up Clark from school. He's got a fever. Um, this is how we know it's it's like right before Thanksgiving because he says, "Yeah, he's like we're gonna we're gonna beat, beat this thing Thanksgiving. come Turkey
3: Day." Yep. So it's you know shit goes down right before the holidays.
2: Yeah, like the worst time you can like, like, have right. an outbreak of, of right when people disease. are gonna be traveling
3: like a motherfucker.
2: Oh yeah. So, that's not good. And at, a, at a news office, a blogger, journalist, and conspiracy theorist named Alan Jude Law is uh, talking to an editor named Lorraine about the Tokyo bus incident. Alan thinks it may have to do with mercury, mercury poisoning and fish worldwide. Lorraine says they don't have the budget for this kind of freelance work. But Alan says his story can go worldwide in 24 hours. Right. Lorraine says she will uh, pass it to another editor. Then Alan says, uh, "Alan tells her he re- he recorded this conversation, and she steals." Yeah, he's like, "You're not taking my story. Print media is dead." He's, yeah. So, so Alan, man, um, what do you think of his character? Not 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 his performance, but the character itself. I mean, he
3: was uh, like I said, he he was kind of right on the
2: money at the beginning. I think he's I trash. Mean? I think he is. The, I mean, you know, he's definitely a fear monger I, th- I think he is the epitome of every every fucking sleazebag journalist and, and fear monger who's, who's taking mean, advantage it, it, of this current crisis I think he's all of them rolled up in the one fucking character and at, that is at, fr- at
3: first you think he's like just you know he, he wants to educate the truth but then you find out
2: he's, he's getting financial gain off of the shit anyway no especially at the end when he gets called out for all the lies and how he can go to jail and everything and he just doesn't give a shit it's like god something's got to give with this he's guy he has 12 million hits on his website right he's just in it for the clout right you know and he'll do whatever it takes to do so. It's the scene later on in the film when we see him outside, and he sees the lawn and a He's trying to get people to be, you know, to be against the vaccine, and he's telling, he's advising them not to get it. Yeah, he's talking and about this homeopathic stuff. And then he that... sees this lawn that's like going around the block, and he just takes out his camera and just films it all. And from the back, slowly around and around, mm-hmm. and then it stops right there at the vaccination entrance. And it's just, I don't know, this this guy's just scum. Yeah. Uh, and what's with that crooked tooth, man? Did <laughs> you notice that? He's got that Madonna gap. It's, but, it, but he's noticed. got that
3: one snaggle tooth that, like kinda angled out. I I've never noticed that in Jude Law before. Does he really have that? I don't think he, he does. It
2: could have been dangerous. I don't know. Uh-huh. Well, no, I, I can't see, you know, Alfie running around with a crooked tooth it was like a Snag tooth, yeah. yeah. A snaggle tooth a little tooth. Um see so yeah, played Alfie. by played by yeah <laughs> played by Jude Law. Um now of course, he's he's played greatly. Uh, he's played very. Um, where I'm he's he's for. very
3: passionate. He, he plays like the the guy's definitely like. He's know, very passionately. With with like you know his getting the truth out there and big. He's believable. Out to
2: get you and, he's believable you know, because I hate the you WHO's all
3: watching in, this. The WHO is in bed with the pharmaceutical company, so he's just definitely got a hard one against. You know. Uh, the government and the machine if you will
2: when did you love coming to your life um
3: i want to say probably spielberg's ai but i know i'd seen him before that but that's the first time i remember like actually mm-hmm. like taking notice you know he plays you know gigolo joe and i always appreciated that because that was like you know that was stanley kubrick's pet project for a long time and then you know, he moved on from it, but was still like helped develop it with Spielberg right up to his deathbed. So,
0: right, you know,
3: AI is a, you know, a bit long in a tooth, but it's definitely a cool flick. You can feel like Spielberg, it's like Spielberg's love letter to his buddy, Stanley Kubrick. And you kind of feel Kubrick coming through there. So I, I would think that's probably as far back as I can remember, like saying, well, okay, who is this guy? How about you?
2: Are you not a B existence fan? Existence. You know, I always forget about existence.
3: that existence. Yeah, with him and Jennifer Jason Leigh, it's a Cronenberg flick, right? It's essentially a video drum remake. It's pretty much, pretty much, but it's based on you know video games instead of you know VHS. Video, yeah, right. Um, to update it for its time. So, well, I mean, I I I, for, I I I am a fan of that, but I hadn't seen it prior to right. I it late like, in the game. Yeah, late in the game. Like I'm probably on cable or something. I'm like, oh, what is that
2: Cronenberg movie? Let me check this uh, out. For me, if not Talented or Ripley, it would have to be Gattaca, I would think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would assume Gattaca. Yeah, probably Gattaca. I always forget
3: about that. That film kind of bored me. I mean, the concept... I haven't seen
2: it in like 10, 20 years.
3: Yeah, the the concept was interesting. It's like, you know, futuristic 20s, if you will. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. It's (laughs) a bit
2: of a snooze for me, that film. Yeah, I mean, he's not really a, a guy who will like put out multiple films a year he'll do like one big thing and then you know once there's a wild area he
3: had like three of them coming out over the course of a like a month or two
2: probably. recently it's he's been kind of like i don't know he's got captain marvel which is 2019 mm-hmm. fantastic beast he was dumbledore that's 2018 before that, it was king arthur another variation of that movie 2017 so it's kind of like one a year
3: yeah, it was around the time he did that movie repo man with forrest whitaker i like that where he, movie yeah so did i um where he was he had like there was a summer where it was like jude law movies were coming out like every other weekend that summer.
2: repo men or Repo the genetic opera
3: um i i love repo the genetic opera man and they were they, <laughs> same. they, they were kind of like i had to admit same and just the concept is bonkers but it's fun i have the damn blu-ray it's a, it's a good time you know me i'm a sucker for bill mosley yeah you know paul sorvino it you know, yeah, def- yeah it's definitely you know it's a fun a movie unique experience i would love to have seen it while i was originally being run as an opera you know yeah um me too b- b- before Boozman brought it to you know put in front of the camera because he worked with uh, with those guys developing that for the stage it was
2: a passion project to his yeah definitely because he was doing that in the middle of the Saw films mm-hmm. that he did that. He was helping. Yeah, he, was,
3: he was helping them kind of get their production off the ground it was like yeah. off, off Broadway type shit yep um but yeah repo men dropped a re- pretty much right around the same time in fact i think there might have been like a battle for like story rights or whatever it was they a were.
2: couple of years apart but it was around the late uh alts, they both were really because repo years. was 08. yeah was repo was 08 and then um repo men was in 2010 so oh okay so a it was years two years year, yeah yeah because
3: i thought they were a little closer than that and like one was going "Oh, you stole our idea no you stole <laughs> our idea
2: no two years okay. um so day four, Beth's at home, looking worse. No. She stares at a cup of coffee and tries to pick it up as Mitch talks to her about um, the day going on. She instead makes it. Uh, she instead makes it fall off the counter and shatter. Mitch comes to help. Yeah, she can't grab it.
3: Like she's got like her. her she's her,
2: struggling. She's just looking like, like death warmed over
3: is what she's fucking looking like.
2: Like she's just frozen. Yeah. you Yeah. Know? Um. Everything's at a standstill, and Mitch is just going about his business, you know, thinking that she's okay. And then, yeah, to get coffee to breaks, take a seat, coffee, coffee glass breaks, and then that's when he, you know, notices something's not right. Um, and then uh, she starts to have a seizure. Yeah, she just drops on the kitchen floor, and this,
3: this like, just and, the look on her face, man, is agonizing.
2: Well, yeah, but Damon here. I think he's incredible in this movie. Yeah, um, he's got a lot, so much range in this movie. In he's the, got a lot of weight to carry. He's oh, yeah, well, he's fucking the, the the he's clearly scared. He does a fucking stand up job of showing it. Right. Um, we see well, Clark at the doorway. Was right, so it
3: was like normal normal day. Wife got home from a business yeah. trip, and we're gonna go about our day. And then
2: boom, so Clark's there looking at seeing this call go down. He tells him to go upstairs and call. And as he calls nine one one. At the hospital, Mitch tries to uh, explain what happened and Beth's allergies. When she has another seizure, and Mitch is pushed out of the room. This look, Mm. the look of death, and all I remember is this look being like the front and center of all the ads for this movie. Oh yeah, promotion, was just the front front of the Blu-ray cover that Gwyneth gives, like the
3: pale face with the thousand-yard stare and the fear, like the gaping mouth of fear.
2: And you eat every fucking bite of it you do because like, she's is fucking just,
3: terrified mm, like what the fuck is going on with me and you feel a little scared it is bull-
2: too. exactly you were mm-hmm. scared with her in that moment mm-hmm. that look that she gives. i'm not a big
3: fan of hers but she definitely yeah she's hit or miss for
2: me yeah. but this is something that yeah she's this is definitely one yourself, of her best her moments her one of her better so. moments yeah, yeah um yeah uh so the doctor comes in uh, to see, the doctor comes to see Mitch after this this moment, and to inform him that you know Beth's dead. So, um,
1: despite all our efforts, she failed to respond, okay. and her heart stopped, and right. unfortunately, she did die. Right. I'm sorry, Mr. Amoff. I know this is
0: hard to accept.
1: Okay. can I go talk to her, Mr. Amoff? I'm sorry, your wife is dead. You know, I mean, I, I just, I just saw her. We, we, we were just at home. Is there somebody that we can call? Someone who you think should be here with you? Um, I mean, we had, we had dinner. We had pizza. She, she said she was jet lagged. You, you mentioned that she was away, Hong Kong. We checked the latest bulletins. The only things there were measles and H1N1, and this was not that. Then what was it? We don't always know I mean some people get a disease and live some get sicker and die Now we're gonna to have to notify the medical examiner and they may request an autopsy or if you wish We can order one, but I, I can't guarantee it's going to tell you any more than I can I mean My best guess is that this was either meningitis or encephalitis and with encephalitis. We're in the dark a lot of the time If it was summer, I might say a, a bug bite, you know, West Nile Herpes can cause encephalitis. She doesn't have herpes. What are you talking about? What happened to her? What happened to her? Okay. Mr. off. there are grief counselors who are very helpful with this sort of passing. Okay? You might find some resolution there. Now I am sorry.
2: He's still... Another reason reason why Matt Damon is so goddamn good in this movie because exactly his reaction he, he's to in it. denial he's like, okay but i can, I, can go I talk see her? to her what can i see her he's like okay can, I, can I see him, her now
3: can i talk i, I want to talk to
2: my and wife he's like, like there's there's nothing to talk to anymore your so, wife is dead there's someone i can call for you right
3: he's, he's just like and which is you know obviously he's in shock but the way he sells like, it shock just, and denial mm-hmm. hit him and hit him like a ton of fucking bricks and a bucket and of he's cold like water. what are you
2: talking about we just had breakfast yeah, like, we were having we had pizza last night we were yeah having, and he screams what happened right um yeah he explains that the, the medical board's gonna get order an autopsy to, 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 to
3: find out determine what did it yeah but he's like it could be a number of things meningitis encephalitis you know, you can get encephalitis from herpes. Yeah. Like, she doesn't He's, have
2: herpes. Yeah, exactly. And Mitch is just aghast. And like I said, just screams what happened. So we see him, you know, riding home in the, the taxi or Uber or whatever it is back then. when he gets a phone call, tells whoever's on the phone to call, hang up and call 911. We see him run, dart to the house. Clark's dead. It wasn't yep. a headache. Uh, yeah, it
3: was a babysitter and called him while he was way, on his way back from the hospital. And by the time... You yeah. see what, the white their, crust, right? You see the kid's eyes are wide open, mouth agape, and that that crusty foam around his mouth. So you know. When
2: I first saw this movie, he didn't make it either. I remember just just seeing just holy shit. Yeah. When I first saw this, like, damn. So and
3: little do we know. Ten years later, we're going to witness it firsthand. <laughs> All around us. <laughs> I mean, not quite to this extent, but you know, you get one. You're picking up what it's, I'm putting down.
2: It's pretty serious. Yeah, I'm not going to sit here and try and downplay that yes, one. Like minute. I said,
3: the prescience and accuracy in this film ten years ago, to, mm. to looking at what we had to had to live with last year and what we're living with now, it was like a, I don't know. it's weird. It was almost, like I said, like yeah. Soderbergh looked into his crystal ball. Obviously, he did his research. I mean, he probably you know side by side with the CDC and WHO. Like, hey, if this goes down, how would the would this it was like their exact, yeah, their, their, he,
2: their, 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 their playbook. I mean, they, they allowed him to use their likeness and everything. So I'm sure they had a hand in this. And, and you know, it was you know, scary,
3: know. dude. And I lived in Atlanta. I only lived a couple miles from that CDC building. My dad told me that when we first moved down there. He's like, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, this, where, do you have middle.
2: something you want to tell me about?
3: Um, d- d- what I'm saying is like, it was always in the back of my, my grand, I only lived there for about a year and a half, two years, my early <laughs> 20s.
2: Right.
3: But it was always in the back of my head, like, every single not waking moment but at least once a day thought would pop up my mind like you know all it takes is when i'm knuckleheads downtown to drop a to drop a fucking beaker and i'm fucked i'm the first one to go <laughs> you know
2: what i mean i mean we're sitting here talking about it like It's the biggest deal but we're lo and behold we're 30 miles outside of washington dc well yeah it's, uh, so I, yeah so,
3: so so i left i left atlanta for you know moved back to baltimore so instead of being like right where. All the deadly viruses in the world are contained and studied. I'm right next door to the nation's capital, the first target anybody else in the world is pissed yeah. off is going to aim at. <laughs> All
2: right, so it's day five, and we're in Switzerland. We're introduced to Dr. Lenora Orantes, played by Marion Cotillard. She goes to work at the, she works for the World Health Organization, WHO. She handles a briefing on this unknown virus and the cases of infection in the US, China, London, and Japan. She expresses the need for the WHO to be thorough in its investigations. She begins Beth as being the potential start of the infection. Oh, she mentions Beth. Well, yeah. she's
3: a, she's clinically an epidemiologist, right? It's like what, as what it's her field of study is what sure. I gathered.
2: I have no clue what that I'm, is. I am going to pretend like basically I do.
3: Somebody that 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 can determine an epidemic. I am sure. I mean, slot. she's holding I think this that's, that, press I think that's junket. What, so
2: I think that's what her what her field briefing, of expertise That's not is. press junket. She's right. holding she's holding You know, the one holding the briefings here for the WHO. Right. So back in Hong Kong, the sister of the young man who was infected. Again, the one off the boat. Um, has his body cremated and goes to take his ashes away for burial via bus. A uh, cleaning lady is checking the bus when she finds the girl dead. <clears throat> so her brother had clearly infected her, too, before he died. That's the first thing I said when he came home at that, that moment. I'm like, oh, she's infected. Yeah, and, and, and
3: you know, the living environments over there is like, you know, you're crammed on top of one of them. very small apartments and are like families of like six or eight, for Christ's sakes.
2: So... We've got now two confirmed two. We got two confirmed deaths, and we're not even a week into this virus. Yeah, so that's how serious this is. Yeah. So in Chicago, same day, best lover John Neal is being carried out on a stretcher. Uh, we see like the medic asking him a series of questions, but he's unresponsive. He's been infected as well. His wife looks on in shock, wondering what is wrong. Yeah, she's like we both woke up feeling a little sick. Right. So two medical morticians do the autopsy on Beth opening up her skull. Yeah, this one. Yeah, this is this this,
3: this, this this autopsy I put is tastefully shocking. This because autopsy. it's a close-up of that, that frozen fear look on her face for a split second when it when it cuts to the scene, you see, you got that. And then you hear the bone saw. <laughs> and then you see the scalp and they fold pull over that, her yeah. fucking eyebrows.
2: Oh my God. You want me to
1: um, take a sample? Or? I want you to move away from the table. Should I call someone? Or call everyone.
3: You know, and then what What the one that, you know, they're taking a look at her <clears throat> at her brain tissue and, you know, the, the head, the head, I guess, it's not a mortician. I'm They're examiners. Exam medical examiner. Thank you. Yeah. Um. He's he's like shocked, and his assistant says, "He you want me to take a sample." He goes, "I want you to move away from the table."
2: Yeah. He says, "Call everyone." No, says, Should
3: I call somebody? He says, "Call everybody."
2: Yeah. Yeah. He's like, um. there's something strange about her brain. Yeah. I would
3: love to like. It's 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 like you know he doesn't go into detail, but I would. There's a part of me that, that would like to have like, seen what they saw or know what what, yeah. what, what they thought they had on their hands in, One, a, in the, that particular the, moment.
2: The assistant asks if you should take a sample, and then the guy says, actually, I want you to stand away from the table. <laughs> you
3: want me to take a sample? I want you to move away from the table. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so, cut to day six in Atlanta. We're introduced to Dr. Aaron Mears, played by Kate Winslet. Being briefed by Ellis on her job by the mysterious virus outbreak. She is to investigate and, uh, and, contain, case, uh, and contain cases of infection. If she needs anything, she can call him. The question's asked. Let me see her traveling to Minnesota to be transported to a nearby CDC office. Mitch uh, Affleck, Affleck. Listen to me. Ben, uh, Matt, ben Damon. Matt ben Damon. Damon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Matt Damon. That's Mitch is taken back to the hospital and put under quarantine watch his teenage daughter arrives from his previous marriage named jory um they talk on the phone jory feels guilty of not being there when clark died but mitch says it's not her fault in addition if she had been she could have been infected too she says oh she says he has left all she she is all he has left Mitch tells Jory to go home to her mother, but Jory says she will not leave him. She's staying with yeah, him. It's like
3: I live here. I live here with you. Yeah, and, and anyways, I, this I is mean, the start this to this where he because he finds out he's a mute. Yeah, know? right. Like they're they're like you know you if anything you're merely a, they do not even say that he's possibly a carrier. He just doesn't get the symptoms. He he can he he's, would survive. He has the antibodies people. or something like that? For the like he's just natural immune system has the antibodies to fight off this mysterious yeah. virus
2: um but i i, I want to bring up this relationship between these two because it's um i think it helps uh, i think it benefits the mitch character um the relationship between him and his daughter you mean yeah it shows that he's um just this more than a family man, he's just he'll do whatever it takes, you know, to to, to make sure what's best for his his his, his young his own. Yeah, his loved ones. Yeah, I mean, he's you don't he really see for that Clark on. because Clark's like he's out as quickly as he's in, um, <clears throat> and I don't know. I just I, I I think it's me just speaking on a personal level because of my relationship with my daughter mm-hmm. and how Jory is pretty much the same age as Madeline. Yeah, yeah, I can see I can <clears throat> see where you're coming from. Um, so maybe that's why I'm reveling about a random relationship <laughs> that's just hey it happens you know yeah. you become a father and a single father and that's what happens mm-hmm. so uh, Dr. Mears, Kate Winslet, gives a briefing about the virus and the precautions they need to take. One woman asks if they are panicking about something they know little of. Uh, we don't even know what to tell people to be afraid of. Mears notes that the virus is a contagion of touch. So the littlest things people touch interact with, including each other, are potential harbors for infection. It calls them foam Yep. The problem, Mears says, is the carriers and the number they will potentially infect the are not. Number. Flu is usually one person. Polio, pre vaccine, was between four to six. Until they know more, this virus's R not number could be much greater. They were shown two doctors, Allie, uh, played by Jennifer L., and David Eisenberg, played by Dimitri Martin. Thank what you. What the fuck tried. is he doing in I this student, movie? I
3: didn't look it up, and I'm like, I knew who he was. I'm like, man, I cannot think of that guy's name.
2: For he me. had that like, show on Comedy Central. He's a comedian. Yeah, and he uses
3: like he uses like a like not not a sketchboard, but like but like a like he does some like prop comedy with like an easel and shit. He's you know okay. He's not
2: hysterical, but I'm you know I chuckled at some I of his completely bits. forgot he was in this. Well, he did I that. I do remember him being in it from you know when I first saw this, right? Um, so it wasn't a complete loss.
3: Well, but but around the same I, time, he did that Taking Woodstock movie where he played the guy that that,
2: that did, had goofy comedic elements. Though yeah. this is a straight up like there anyway, ain't nothing funny about this movie. No, um, seeing him rocking that hazard suit, like it's just
3: yeah. I was like curious as to why they puff him, why they fill him with air,
2: oxygen. I don't know.
3: While they're, while they're in them. I mean, I get like before they put them on, they fill them up to make sure that they're, make sure there's no compromises or tears or anything. But then they got them, you know, they they got they're while they're working in the lab, they're hooked up in a little coily tube that is, you know, and they're all, they're, they're like blown full of air. I guess. Yeah. I guess you just keep them. And they keep them pumped in cases a week. Right. You know, I don't know. Always reminds me
2: that scene in fucking Breaking Bad when Jesse puts a damn thing in his. In
3: his jumpsuit because he fucking
2: got nothing yeah, I, I, to do in the lab. I always think of the It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode where they're in quarantine. And um, uh, the, I haven't seen it in a couple years. I've, uh, it's been so long I don't, I don't know names. which episode you're talking about. No, I, I watch uh, the show intermittently. Charlie and Mac go to the uh, convenience store to get beer and shit. And they have, they're wearing biohazard suits. <laughs> and um, uh, Mac gets a little tear. And, and Charlie like flips out. Like you're infected. You got a hole. You got a, you got a hole in your suit and shit. And like it's the, the quarantine episode is probably one of my favorite episodes of the series. It's, now, was it's that, top was tier. That
3: done, was that released recently? Oh, like, this was because of no. The pandemic? It was, it was this was episode before? was from like season se- wow. seven or eight. Yeah, because I'm not a follower of that show. I like it, but i have never just. They sat just down started
2: filming the new season on Monday, favorite. and um, the first they show the screenshot of the script, and it's called. Um, uh, 2020 a year in review. Oh, great! I cannot wait. Those guys cannot doing wait.
3: Shit. I gotta get back into that show. Oh, it's I'm, so I'm, good. I was watching it like intermittently it's on Hulu. I think
2: one of, of the many reasons I, I keep my Hulu account is so I can go back and watch that show um, at my convenience. That and Rescue Me. Yeah. Even though I already own Rescue Me on DVD, I have the whole series. But still, I, I like convenience. Hitting a button is a lot better than popping in a disc every three right? episodes. So, yeah. Back to these two. Um, yep. uh, so they're in a secure bio lab. They, they look at the samples taken from Beth's body, among others. Um, Allie Hextel, uh, she says that they need to send it to Dr. Ian Sussman, played by Elliot Gould. Elliot Gould. Ian is another doctor in a less secure biomedical facility of the He's leaving when he's accosted by Alan about accusations that this virus is being manufactured as a potential profiting scheme by drug companies. And
3: this is where it becomes evident that this guy's a sleazebag. Yep. At first, you're like, all right, he's trying to like Julian Assange it's a this shit. Like, line. like, educate yeah. the public what the, you know, what the government's keeping from him. But now he's like straight up fucking, you know, you're doing this for profit. Meanwhile, he's getting fucking kickbacks from the hedge fund. He's, you know, he's a scumbag. That's all there is to he's it. He's a fucking scumbag. You're right.
2: And that's how monetization works. The more views you get, the more money you get. Uh-huh. So Sussman tells him to make an appointment and insults Alan's journalism saying blogging is graffiti with punctuation. Yeah, I love
3: that line. Blogging is graffiti with punctuation.
2: And that <laughs> that being said, we're now in day seven. We're a week into this thing. Cheever is met at the CDC doors by Homeland Security agents. He is briefed by their li- liaison, Kyle Haggerty, played by Brian Cranston. Speaking of Breaking Bad. Yep. Homeland well, Security believes. The other
3: guy's Enrico Colantoni. The other dude, the, the Homeland Security guy. Tony. Enrico Colantoni.
2: I did not notice that. You didn't know, you didn't catch, you know, know who that know, guy I you don't is, I right? who that is. No, no. He's
3: one of them that guys. Like He's okay. one of um, he was on a show. I used to watch um, in the early aughts. Um, just shoot me. Yeah, remember Just Shoot Me with George D- D- Segal, D- D- David, David Spade. Speed. Yeah, Colin Tony was on there. He was like the he's like the horny like like art director for the magazine or whatever. But he's also in um huh. very underrated comedy. I probably movie. know who it is. Just he's he's in Galaxy Quest. He was the one. He I've seen did. Galaxy
2: Quest one time. Oh in my, my god, life.
3: dude! We we're gonna cover that when that film is so fucking funny. Yeah, I've seen it once. That, right, it's one of those ones that I like. I throw it in and I forget how fucking funny that movie is, man. Yeah.
2: We're oh, gonna give that one a run. That the show, for That reminds me. Real. Yeah. Pause the episode. <laughs> I had this weird idea the other day, going home from work. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always talking about the movies that we love. You know, film effects, seal approval, this, right, that, and the third. All right, all right. I want to try an experiment sometime soon. Okay. I want to do an episode that you love I fucking hate and I want to talk about it because I want to I want to get into <laughs> why I hate this movie so much and why I should like it but I try and I try and I try and I do try every 2 3 years I give it a chance and it's still results all to the same super bad.
3: Okay, I wouldn't say I love it, but... But the majority, everyone loves Superbad, and I've never found
2: the... Because the Rewatchables, okay, they just did uh, um, Simmons and them, they just had their 200th episode, Mm. and they covered Superbad. And I was like, really? Why is this movie so loved the way it is? Why do I hate it so much? Mm. I I Just, I don't know. And and I know a, a lot of people... Love this movie, and um, I, I think it'll be interesting to take it from that that standpoint I mean, I'm, for an episode. Yeah, I'm, just kind of break from the current, break from the tradition for just one episode and, Man, I'm and down see. With it. So yeah, guys,
3: um, I haven't seen it in a while either. Maybe I'll come away from it not may, liking it as I, much gonna, as the last time
2: I watched. I'm going to try and sneak in the September's lineup somehow. I might have to sacrifice a film for a couple months till uh, after the Halloween horror are over with, but. um yeah i i kind of want to do that so you heard it here first we're doing super bad and um yeah i want to talk about this movie Uh, for a second there i was
3: hoping you were going to say a serbian film
2: no (laughs) that being said back to our regularly scheduled program all right So security believes the virus may be might might be a terrorist action, as it's the only way terrorists have not tried to kill people. Cheever is intrigued by the theory but not convinced. Caggerty mentions that someone could try to weaponize the avian flu, but Cheever counters that <laughs> It's other. like
3: the birds are already doing it.
2: Man. Exactly, they don't need to. The birds, the birds are, are already, already doing, doing it for it. us. So a news report states that the the school Clark is attending is being closed after three nurses and two other children have been killed have been found dead. A panic, startle, a, a panic starts. A panic starts to form with this. Doctor Mears goes to the AIM offices where Beth worked. Many interacted with Beth. Uh, many interacted with Beth before she uh, left the country for China. So their fears are assuaged by because Mears. Been,
3: yeah, they're like it was like ten days ago. So, oh, well, you guys are fine. It's, you, you, you get right, sicker, makes you sense. Sick quicker than that.
2: Mears notes none had direct contact with Beth after she came home. One remembers Eric Barnes, another coworker. Drove her home from the airport. Is
0: there anyone else who might have had contact with her?
1: This was everyone.
0: Aaron Barnes did.
1: Barnes, he worked on another floor. There were documents she needed to sign. He picked her up from the airport.
0: He picked her up from the airport? Yes. Where is he? Hello. Hello, Mr. Barnes. Yes. This this is Doctor Mears from the Centers for Disease Control. I believe hi. hi. I believe you may have had contact with Beth Emhoff last week.
1: Yeah, I picked her up at the airport. What's this about?
0: <coughs> How are you feeling today?
1: Uh, pretty cruddy, to be honest. Head is pounding. I probably picked up some sort of bug.
0: Where are you right now?
1: I'm on the bus, heading to work.
0: I'd like you to get off immediately.
1: Wait, what? What's going on? Where? Where? where?
0: where? Where's the bus, Aaron?
2: Um, uh, Lake and Lindale. Can you tell me what's Lake going on? Lake and
0: Lindale. On? I really need you to get off that bus. It's quite possible you've come in contact with an infectious disease and that you're highly contagious. Do you understand? I want you to get off now and stay away from other people.
1: No, Now what do I do?
0: Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. That's the most important thing. We'll send somebody to meet the bus. Okay. I'm on my way to you now, Aaron. (coughs) What about my, my kids?
1: I touched them.
2: Mears calls him and he's on a bus, so he's looking like he's seen better days. Again, and I've
3: totally I, forgot about this scene. Yeah, right, re- rewatching and it I, well, again, it was another thing I'm thinking to myself when I feel like that, I don't suit up and go to work. Man, yeah, I did it's, not it's, put the name tag on, I had a little bit of a scratchy throat or a headache. He's soaking wet. I, I got wet. sick days for a reason, man. Nothing, right. no work that important. I don't give a shit what you do. What is you he doing? Like, like is, is he home. like
2: curing something? Or is well, he he's, he's, is he's he an, curing an executive.
3: AIDS? Obviously, he's an executive at this at this you know uh, global conglomerate that she works for. So you know they probably work those fuckers sixty hours a week anyway. You know, but still ain't ain't no work that important. You feel like that? You run a fever, get your ass in bed. I have questions about her job too. Uh, she's like she's a marketing executive. What she makes her was, so
2: special? With like you know, she gets the the, the the chef's handshake and all. She gets to meet the chef and shit. Like that's I always thought that that was like a high honor thing. I think was just, thing in, in, nah, in, I, think, was, I think I think she just
3: asked for that. Like she enjoyed the meal and asked you know asked the the staff if she could meet the chef. That's the way I took it. When you see what happens at the right. end, I took it that was she wasn't like she was some treated like some VIP in Hong every Kong. single
2: time i see that chef and what he does before he meets her yeah. i just scream on my television i scream because salmonella is a real thing yep, it's irresponsible and what the fucking fuck anyway that'd different be yeah and, it's a, yeah and so again it's just fucking open air markets like that man
3: it's a yeah. different culture over there shit is dangerous so where it got us now
2: mears calls Barnes while he's on the bus um She's asking if he's sick or he says uh, he confirms that he is, but not. She tells him to get off at the next stop. She says that he's infected. Don't come into contact. If anybody else Just get off the bus, we'll meet you. She waits. Uh, he waits at the stop until Mirs arrives with the containment crew. Meanwhile, Mitch is being asked by a doctor about Beth. Uh, Mitch knows little of substance. Uh, the the doctor asked about her Chicago layover and well, Beth, that, 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 this, doctor, this is actually Mears. This is Mears. Yeah, it's Mears. It's in. Kate Winslet, right? Yeah. So and I, I made a
3: note here. What a what a what a shitty way to find out your wife's unfaithful.
2: Yeah, you know? but he does mention that she's had a history of this, so it's not really news. News. Right. It is right. what it isn't. Right. It's like you oh, kind of with this again. It, right? Here we go again. You and know, fuck, I love her, but damn, she just can't stay away from that dude. Yeah, the look where it got us now. um so yeah, so um, Mitch mentions that his wife was with John Neal before they married. Um, realization hits Mitch. He asks if Neil is infected. The doctor is resistant, but eventually nods. This stuns Mitch that his wife was cheating on him with her former boyfriend. So then we're back to uh, Jennifer L. and. Um, uh, uh, dimitri, dimitri martin. Uh, martin thank you uh a <laughs> briefing to cheever about the virus sample taken from best body it latches onto the host cell taking over completely the body doesn't know what to do about the virus um, the body doesn't know what to do and the virus continues to attack they notice that the traces of bat and pig in the virus dna code uh, they notice it so it mostly originated from an infected bat Understanding the severity of the of the issue, Achiever orders Sussman to be shut down, and the the secure lab is the only place where research will be done. Well, he orders
3: all those on the, anything right. below level four to be shut down, which yeah, just they, so happens to it. be Sussman's lab.
2: Yeah, right. They they want to just take this
3: one themselves. More or less. dangerous because I mean, the last thing we need is it walking uh, out on the bottom of somebody's shoe.
2: Exactly, because it's, you know they they can't trust facilities that they don't control because this thing latches on to whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Hextel tells Sussman and reluctantly tells him to shut down and destroy his samples. Day 8. Achiever briefs the CDC on the outbreak on cases of the virus worldwide. The numbers of infected have reached 80,000 plus and could reach as high as 267,000.
3: Alan continues. That number sounds very familiar.
2: Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Very familiar. Hmm. Alan continues to blog about the virus and how the government is conspiring with the drug companies to turn a profit on tragedy. This some bitch. He claims that a drug is available to, to treat the virus, but it is being suppressed by the CDC. Meanwhile, Dr. Arantes goes to Hong Kong. Her job is to track the movements Beth made while, while there. Her liaison is Sun For, um, Sun Feng, who is amb- ambivalent as Hong Kong. Who is ambivalent as Hong Kong being the focal point of the viral? album. Yeah, they, they
3: don't want to acknowledge that 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 right. they're the source of it. They're too proud.
2: Uh, and Arantes concludes it is Beth that started it all. Um, so Sun Feng here, it's a fucking Shang song in the new Mortal Kombat. Did you notice that? That's uh, yeah. What's well, Shin Han, it's, who's, it's, from the, who's from the Dark Knight. I was
3: going to say he was loud in the Dark Knight.
2: And yeah, he's also in the new Mortal Kombat he it's Shang true. Tsung
3: yeah that's right I forgot he I forgot he was <laughs> Shang Tsung in
2: there um see so yeah. I gotta give
3: that another look too I
2: had no idea. Yeah, we'll see after hearing several workers at a casino got sick where Beth attended Arantes tells Feng to get the tapes security footage uh Feng mentions his rural village where he grew up is infected and his mother is sick remember that write that down <laughs> meanwhile Dr. <laughs> Sussman defies orders and runs some further tests on the sample of the virus samples cut to day 12 tax briefs Cheever on sussman's findings he was able to make us a, a stable cultured version of the virus he was able to do it by growing it in a particular bat cell line that they didn't have now that they know what they're going up against they can start developing and testing vaccines Cheever is outraged that Sussman defied orders. Realizing he might publish his results, Cheever asks what he wants. Hextel says he just wants credit for his work. He could have given the work to drug companies and made yeah, a fortune, yeah, but he's sure going he to win business for instead. himself.
3: But right. he, you know, he, he, he turned this over to the, to the good
2: of the public. He did what was right. right yeah. yeah. Well.
3: It's, it's, well. It's Elliot cool. Gould. You would expect nothing less from Elliot
2: Gould. Right. The news report of the virus, now called MEV1, and crediting Sussman for discovering the findings, the news stresses that the government states that it will take potentially months for a full vaccine to be ready. Allen is contacted by a news source. They, meet with, they want to meet him to uh, continue his investigations on the MEV1 and the government's allied, alleged involvement with the problem. He agrees. Back in Minnesota, still in quarantine, Mitch asks Mears if he is immune since he was not shown any symptoms, and he also asks why they cannot use his blood to make a vaccine. She says um, that even though his intentions are noble, plasma vaccines are tricky and time consuming to make and are not guaranteed to work.
3: And they're very expensive. Yeah.
2: So Mears then travels to an inside stadium where they will place a uh, triage center. Mears tells her liaison that she will need three more locations like it. Mears calls Shever. Shever asks if she is fine.
3: Yes, um, how she's doing. he's like, no, she's like, well, I just set up the news. I didn't ask what you're doing. I asked how, how you, you doing. Right. Are you sleeping? Are you eating?
2: Yeah. He's so, like
3: kind of holding her hand to this. He knows what it's like to be on the front lines of this bullshit and how panic-stricken you can get.
2: It's kind of worth talking about to me and it's worth mentioning this relationship between, it's like a it's like a mentor father
3: figure to her
2: oh dear de- it's it's definitely a mentor role yeah. um I like it I I, I don't know I kind of like just seeing Lawrence Fishburne in this movie um I, I I'm a Lawrence Fishburne fan yeah I mean let's gloat about him for a little bit sure fucking Larry Fishburne from Apocalypse Now and Elm yep. Street 3 yep um, deep cover, which has been getting a lot of love lately, the uh, the, the Bill Duke film. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah Jeff, Jeff Goldblum, right? Uh-huh. King of New York. Well, speaking
3: speaking of Goldblum, one one Fishburne, because Goldblum shows up in in Death Wish. Doesn't Fishburne show up in Death Wish too? Like Fischburn
2: is in one of them. Yes,
3: because Goldberg Goldberg's one of the punks. Goldberg's Bloom. Gold one of the punks in, the, in in Death Wish one. I think right. Burn shows up in Death Wish too.
2: And Alex Winter's in part
3: three. Yeah, right. <clears throat> so I love those Death Wish movies, man. Me and Justin go on for hours about the movies <laughs> and fucking Charles Bronson and Death Wish
2: should do like a special canon episode or canon month <laughs> that's
3: yeah cobra we got that on the lineup uh, yeah we got Death, Death wish for, three. for that you know me and justin are suckers for golden globes productions <laughs> we got to do a month long with that guy if we're going to cover canon films he wouldn't he, he's not going to have it any other way
2: speaking of mystic river Lawrence Fishburne. oh yeah. it's uh, uh bacon's partner in that movie mm-hmm. um and neo uh, not in uh, uh, Morpheus, Cowboy, Cowboy Curtis, Cowboy Curtis, and Morpheus. Um, Pee Wee's playing. I'm still curious as to why he's not showing up in the Matrix Four. I'm, yeah, you know, I never thought about that, but they, they, the, the, he's like, when uh, Homeboy from Candyman is supposed to be like a, a young version or a prototype of him or something like that. I, I don't know. I, I gotta see something on this movie. Is it still coming out in December? Uh, I, I know HBO has had this. Of, I haven't heard much about it lately. Well, I mean, HBO they, has a tendency to release it, trailers right? like a couple months before they come out out of the blue. So it comes out in Christmas. So maybe we'll get a uh, surprise trailer drop in like September, or October, if it's still happening. I mean, well, I thought that it's they, been rad I was gonna say they filmed the damn. They filmed it last year during okay. the pandemic, right? Um. To my understanding, it's still on track, but... Well, weren't they originally going to drop that and John Wick 4 on the same
3: day in May? It was supposed yeah. to be like Keanu Reeves weekend. Yeah. That would have been neat.
2: John Wick wants Fishburne. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like connections. He's got ties to everything now, it uh-huh. seems. Um, but no, uh, this... Played, the Matrix. i, I Matrix. I'm, I, I'm curious. I mean, look, this, this is my personal take on The Matrix films. Um, I think Reloaded's the best film. I, I, I'm probably going to catch shit for that. Spare me your tweets. But I, I think Matrix Reloaded is the definitive Matrix film. It has the action. It's a little bit lengthy. But it plays into revolutions. Which I still to this day do not understand how a film can jump the shark how well, a series can jump the shark here, so quick and this is why i just kind of uh, suddenly paused the myself fridge, we should say no i actually went back and rewatched all three films last year during the pandemic okay and it was the first time i had seen revolutions since the theater because i hated it that much i came out of that theater on november night back in 2003 pissed super pissed because i was like feeling the exact opposite of the way I was feeling coming out of Reloaded.
3: And they left you on the hook of Reloaded because Reloaded just ends with that cliffhanger.
2: And you get that trailer for Revolutions. like It's going right to be the away. biggest fucking epic <laughs> right, conclusion right. you can now think I f- of. I feel you. And then the movie itself happens. And it's like, Whoa, what? I, but I went I back. I don't think I'm going back and, and looking at I, Revolution I did. Since. I did, and I liked it.
3: Now, I'm but right I had to haven't. say that because Mandy actually brought it up again the other night because she's never seen any of them and we were looking for something to watch and she's uh-huh. like she we're on your voodoo and she's like oh and I'm like well, I don't want to get started because I'm going to get all three of them, man, and I ain't got time to get all three out, man. You know, but uh, the main reason was because I didn't want to get the resurrection and and feel like I was watching you know the theatrical cut of fucking david fincher's aliens. no no
2: it's no i i really really did um enjoy it and that's why i suddenly stopped and, uh, what i was gonna say because um, prior to that yeah this was it, how could you go so wrong after the the second one being as great as it was in my opinion well you know i think, uh, but, I think- What's going to be I, fun is I'm so far removed from the
3: franchise now. That like jamming them all. Because I've never done them like in a marathon. Well, what's going
2: to happen is this. The film comes out in December. I know come November I'm going to be starting to watch all three films. Right, I the know way. they're coming up. I know I can see all three films happening in my future. Right. Naturally, because the fourth film's coming out. Right. Um, take that as a hint. I still haven't finalized December yet. So maybe we'll get one of those films in on this. But uh, let's just hold up and see what happens for us again i'm curious to see if this release date sticks yeah i want to see if the wachowski still got it because that
3: um what was that that jupiter movie they did? jupiter ascending I could, god I, I've, I've the less said the better i've seen parts of that film I'm like man way to reach for the it's stars shannon like
2: tatum has donkey ears or something in that god, movie or some, some weird i don't know shit
3: going on in that flick, man
2: all right so we're back in minnesota still in quarantine uh wait, did I say that already? Yeah, it's, okay. Uh so Mitch is at home with Jory when there's a knock at the door. Uh it's this, this guy, Andrew, that, that Jory likes. Um Andrew has come to pay his respects but with flowers for the deaths of Beth and Clark. Mitch says that they uh uh, while he's touched by the gesture, he cannot let him in because that he could be, you know, possible infection. Well, him. he doesn't
3: tell he doesn't tell him that, but he's like he just it's it's kind of implied. He sent like,
2: him He's right. like, We
3: appreciate that and we appreciate the flowers, but you should probably take those with you and you really can't come inside right now.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. And and Andrew should take a hint, but he's young and dumb and in love, so mm-hmm. Jory is crushed, but Mitch tells her that they will have to be very careful. And This is when we cut to security footage of Beth in the Hong Kong Casino, enjoying herself with several people. We see her uh, playing a casino game when she is asked by a man, the Japanese businessman who died on the bus, to blow on his chip for good luck. She does so. Cut to day 14. Dr. Mears wakes up in her hotel room coughing. And when this happens, my heart drops because I know right away, Mm -hmm. fuck. Yeah, like you thought she was
3: going to be your... And co- she is so careful about everything. Hero alongside Fishburne, and they just kind of yanked the rug I, out from under is I
2: kind of want to go back and rewatch this just to see what moment maybe it, did it does. It transpire on screen. Do we see the moment where she you know fucks up and and gets contaminated? Well, I t- I literally
3: just watched it's it. And it's worth rewatching. This not really. It's not really. It's really not there. You just kind of take it from, you know for at face value that she's that 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 she's around these people anyway that that your odds are not going to be
2: in her favor regardless and did you pick up on you know the guy who's like Taking care of her is the same guy that she greeted, acting like she. It kind of like a role reversal happens mm-hmm. in this here. Yeah, when she drops down, you know, when she comes into town town, she's assigned to him. It's kind of like she's uh, talking over him and acting like she's his superior. Right. But then she's weak and defeated, and he's and you know he's got to step take, up in a moment. Yeah. Te- yeah. No, I did pick her. up on that. Okay, I did pick up on. That. So she goes to the bathroom, takes her temperature, praying to God that it's not infected. Uh, that she's not infected sorry but all of her symptoms point to it she calls the front desk and tells them to track down everyone she's who serviced her room Mears calls cheever and tells him that she's infected cheever says that he will do everything he can to get her home but she should stay in the room for now they hang up and cheever is stunned that Mears is infected he sent her there so he feels responsible yep
3: <coughs>
0: in room 821. I need you to get me the names of everyone who serviced this room in the last 24 hours. Also, you need to get in touch with the the waiter who brought me my room service last night. I need all of their numbers. Home, cell, everything, yes. Yes. I think I'm sick.
1: What? What's going on? What kind of symptoms do you have?
0: I can't swallow. Severe headache. <clears throat>
1: What's your temperature? Mm. 101.8. Uh, listen, you can't. You just you can't panic no, I, I know. now. Okay? Are you alone?
0: I've definitely infected other people. You don't know that. That's yeah. <sighs> What should I do?
1: Well, I want you to stay in your room, and I'll. All the people at the health department I'll tell them that you're there uh-huh. and just you're gonna be okay
0: no, no, no Okay. you gotta send somebody else
1: yes but you don't worry about that right now okay yeah hey, uh, you take care of yourself
0: I'm sorry I couldn't finish
1: that's, that's never mind that look let me see what I can do <laughs> by getting you back here I'm gonna get you home if I can
0: Thanks. healthy
2: It doesn't do anything. How do you mean? What does he do? What does
3: he do? I mean, it's not much he can do. Like, they, get they, her they the make, fuck home is the first well, thing he should that's be doing. The, the, but that's the other thing, though. She can't get on a plane because they even they, like the, the the guy that you were just talking about. Her, they can't you know, send her an empty plane. They, 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 he's when when she's in that that you know football stadium triage. A couple scenes later, the the this you know the guy that's that is taking help you know that's taking care of her, if you will, right? Even says you know, when he hands her his, you know he hands her her phone. It's in a ziploc bag, and he says, "Doctor Cheever's trying to find a way to get you home. We can't get you on a flight." See,
2: I, I do know what you're talking about. I remember that scene very well. I just thought that I was I was under the impression as the viewer that he was just telling her that for comfort no i mean he's it's still you don't see her
3: him. it's still in its early stages no no no. but this you got to figure too this thing's still in its early stages so achiever doesn't exactly know the risks and you know that he could put her on a plane and she'd even make i mean we're two weeks
2: into the virus now yeah this is day 14 still
3: they're 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 still figuring shit out they can't be making split decisions from the heart uh, we got to get you back you know we got to get you from minnesota back to atlanta you know um yeah it's not like the cdc's got a fleet of fucking Gulfstream fives they can just fly their little their people solo around the
2: world i mean i mean yeah he does make efforts but i just feel that there's not much more he do do than, than a thousand done. miles away yeah i guess this is me just they don't have a vaccine yet though this, this know, is just me as a viewer being hopeful things happen that, that well cause i kate wins you don't expect her to you know be done halfway through the flick i know somewhere jack's laughing <laughs> um. so meanwhile Mitch goes to a funeral home and learns that because his wife and son died due to the virus the funeral home will not accept the bodies for burial Mitch is shocked but the funeral director says there is nothing they can do Mitch talks to his mother-in-law and discusses cremation but the mother-in-law wants her family to be buried together
3: yeah they have now, family plots and-
2: you can still be buried you can be cremated and your, your urn can be buried that is I was. I'm sitting here watching this, thinking. I was yelling at my TV, saying, "It can still happen. Like you can bury your ashes." Right well it's she, the same she difference would, but, your body's you know, gonna decompose anyway uh,
3: that's uh, i think you know the, the, the mom's not seeing the forest for the trees you know she's more focused on <laughs> right you know her daughter and grandson she wants you know they got family plots next to her father oh, and she wants, that
2: is an option you you
3: know, she, she just wants a traditional and she can't accept the fact that the world as you know it is no longer what it was two weeks ago so
2: sacrifices need to, sacrifices need to be right. made all right um so his mother-in-law said Beth made mistakes by cheating, but she did love Mitch. He has to forgive her. we see Jory texting Andrew, telling him her how sad her dad is. Then we see more security footage of Beth in the casino. She calls John Neal, saying that she can get an earlier flight so they can meet up. She accidentally leaves her phone at the bar, and a woman picks it up and hands it to her. This is the European model that we saw the, yep. the first death that happens in the yep. movie. Um... We see a table where she had sat and had drinks with several people. A waiter picks up the glasses. It's the young man that died earlier. They got hit by the bus. Right, from the boat. Uh, that is how Beth infected both of them. Orantes uh, realizes that Beth is patient zero for the entire outbreak. Orantes asks about Fing's mother. Fing says she died. Orantes says that she is sorry. They go to leave, and Feng makes a call. Um, very vague, saying we have to do this now. Mm-hmm. On the way to the de- on, on the way to the destination, Fing pulls her out of the car um, into a van at gunpoint. Uh, he tells her that the, his village is dying, and he and his friends are going to hold her for ransom for the vaccine doses. When, yeah, like he actually he brings produced. her.
3: They, they they kidnap her. They they blindfold her. They bring her to the village. He takes her to this little hut where like it's only maybe. 40 people left in the whole village, and they're all wearing their facial coverings and stuff. Yeah, right. And he's like, Most, oh, are, trill- most he, are kids. And, and, you know, he's like, We're going to keep you here so that we move to the top of the list when this vaccine comes out. You know, he's like, You're because, you know, they're not going to think about this village of 40 people when they're worried about vaccinating the rest of the world. So he grabs us higher up in the WHO and, like, um, Yeah, we're going to hold you here. So we just moved up the list.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Cheever. Attempts to get mirrors out of Minnesota, but hits roadblocks on every turn. The transport that he was going to use is being used for a congressman, as he learns from Haggerty. Uh, so I must have missed this part, um, because I don't remember these roadblocks being made and 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 this congressman um, foiling his plans.
3: Well, he tells him he's, he was in the, Cranston, tells Fishburne he uses congressman he was in Chicago right before the holiday. Okay,
2: I do remember that now. You mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess I got to wrap up my own notes when I was <laughs> when that was occurring. It happens after that. All air traffic is grounded. Haggerty tells Cheever <clears throat> that there are plans in place to quarantine Chicago, but he is to tell no one until the government makes it public. The president is being moved underground, and Congress is working online. There is nothing Cheever can do. Meanwhile, Alan is blogging live. He's apparently sick with the virus. Uh, he shows how he shows he has taken the the Homeopathic remedy, forsythia. Forsythia, forsythia, forsythia. Dips it. Like, it into his water and drinks it. Yeah, he's like just squeeze
3: that out of like an eyedropper, you know. And he's sitting in front of his camera, talking about he's running a hundred and some odd fever,
2: scratchy throat. Hopefully, this will help. You know. Yeah, he tells his audience that he is here tomorrow, and then it worked. Right. If, if he's there tomorrow, then it worked. Right. Cheever uh speaks to his wife Aubrey, played by Sonal uh, tells her how bad he feels mirrors is going to die and there's nothing that he can do um so, so now, um you a fan of hers
3: i mean i recognize her when she showed up on the stream i remember but i you know i, I can't say any particular body of work really stands out for me
2: well I, it's um last week i mentioned that i watched bleed recently and she played bleeds mother in that first film oh really i didn't um, know that. I, I, I want to say the first thing I really remember her in like name wise like um, she
3: did that Love and Basketball Love and Basketball
2: is what I was going to say yeah. Love and Basketball and then that's she that's I followed, remember hearing her name she followed that up with the film that I ever from my blockbuster days with Tay Diggs called Brown Sugar I always oh, it's a I remember, throwaway I, I romantic it, film I've never seen
3: the cover of it i never watched
2: it I have no clue uh, and then she did that Out of Time <laughs> with Denzel and and Alien vs Predator, A V P. She was in that. She was oh, the, yeah, the she survivor. The less said about
3: those fucking things, the better.
2: <laughs> you don't want to cover them? Fuck no, man. <laughs>
3: no um, P T Anderson over here. It's just Paul Anderson is who we cover.
2: Yeah. So I don't know. I just wanted to give her some recognition recognition because uh, just underrated actress. Uh. So. Cheever tells her to leave Chicago and not tell soul where she's going as he hangs up he sees that Roger is standing there the whole time Roger is disgusted with Cheever noting everyone has loved ones
3: yeah so I made it up. this is a heavy moment yeah. between Hawks and Fishburne. He's like we've he's he's I've got people too doc yeah you know right
2: right right um
3: like he's he's right he's like he, but he basically Roger's a little taken aback because he feels that, you know, he's got a, you know, Ellis Cheever is more than just a co-worker. He's a friend, even though Roger's just a janitor at the building and Cheever's a, you know, immunologist, doctor or whatever. Um, But the fact that he held back from Roger how serious this fucking thing is, the fact that they're going to start closing borders, it kind of hurts his feelings. Like, um, I got people, too, Doc. Yeah. now it's redeemed by the end of the film but still it's a very heavy moment they share it's only about 10 seconds but you kind of feel the impact of it
2: Aubrey goes shopping for supplies when she is called by her friend whom she was supposed to be dinner, meet for dinner Aubrey reveals the real person she can't come urging her not to repeat it to anyone cut to day 18 around the US people are listening to Alan and are lining up for the drugs uh, for the drug to suppress mev one that alan has alleged works however demand becomes inc- it just becomes yeah it's yeah. non-existent the, the, yeah the
3: supply versus demand challenge right. is completely outweighed
2: people begin to riot and loot all over the country mitch goes for groceries with jewelry in a looted store uh, a woman coughs near him and he tells Jory they had to leave so he sees this woman and she's coughing. She looks like deaf in her yeah, She just turns a corner like coughs right in his face. He backs up, grabs her. They go back grabs out. the
3: daughter. He's like, don't touch anything. just get the hell out of here. As people.
2: soon as they go outside, there's a neat shop they go right outside and then boom, you see like glass break at the yeah, bank dudes, next they're, door. They're, they're looting they're, everywhere. And,
3: and this is where I'm making a note. People fucking suck. You know, you're seeing, you know, you're seeing the paranoia looting going on on the streets. They're like, you know breaking into delivery trucks and shit they're trying to break Ooh. into into mitch's car you know right. we're only two weeks and we're not even a month in and these people are just literally resorting to you know the acts of savagery
2: yeah it's 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 crazy
3: thank um, god that part didn't come true last year jesus
2: no. christ we, we were almost happy. there jesus. yeah we were we were on the we were on the precipice scary times yeah i'd rather not revisit They get to the car without food. They attempt to leave the state, but the National Guard shuts down the border to Wisconsin. They can't get through. Uh, it's, It's just no more no one's allowed through even though they are not infected no one is getting through yeah with well, the naivete though he's like but i'm i can't
3: get it i'm like they're yeah. just gonna
2: take your word for it yeah you know that just another damage. fucking stellar performance by damon here as right get into it with the guy at the right bar he's just like at he the doesn't
3: realize that the, he he can't just say i can't catch it," and the, and the, the army's gonna believe you right exactly <laughs> you
2: know it's frustrating i'm sure no i'm sure so Alan has been running around town in a bio suit, uh, seeing the destruction and decline of human civilization in the aftermath of the outbreak. He gets home to see Lorraine there. Lorraine's he's the handing woman. out
3: flyers. He's he's like yeah. pimping his own website, putting flyers on the Yeah, he's the a car, cocksucker. So talking Lorraine about is
2: the woman that he talked with in the first scene that yeah, we the, see him the with. The, the, exactly. So she's there begging for the medicine that, that he says helps because she's pregnant. Alan says he has none due to a break in, but he will be he will get her some as soon as possible. Meanwhile, in Minnesota, Doctor Mears is being told that she cannot be moved out. So she's laying on a cot in a triage center and is very close to death. Yeah. You see a guy next to her complaining about being cold. Asked uh, the the triage center tells him that they they're out of blankets. Um, he asks if she, they can go check on the, the the AC, and she says, "I'll go." Yeah, she can turn the heat up. Not making much of any sense. Right. Mirrors pretty much does the last thing she can physically can. Extends her arm with her coat to give it to him. Right. And and it just falls. Uh, she shudders. It's that's it. She just
3: basically expires on the screen in that moment.
2: Yeah. Cut to. You see her in a plastic bag. Yeah, she's zipped up. Says in a, they in ran a out of body grave.
3: bags. Yeah, they, they, they ran out of body bags two days prior to something.
2: And mass this is grave. a sad fucking image because this, this really did happen, Um, unfortunately, in, yeah. in places here in the country. Yeah. Um. It's like, I can't imagine. Throw away a hole you're stuck in. People, you know, that's your legacy. That's where you're going to be. Yeah. For, it's just, yeah. it's, it's fucking, it's. Mm-hmm. Some hours later, like I said, you see her dead. Her liaison, Dave, is nearby holding flowers, trying his best to pay his respects, considering that she will be part of a mass grave. Dave notes that they ran out of body bags days ago and they attempted to get some from Canada, but they are unwilling to help. Dr. Cheever goes on TV with uh, Dr. Gupta, Gupta, something about talking about the virus and its implications. Cheever notes. Coordination is a problem because each state has its own health organization and protocols. Yes, you know,
3: yeah, so we're dealing with 50 different protocols.
2: Right. <clears throat> Alan is also on via satellite. And when it is his turn to speak, he goes on the attack, blaming the CDC and the WHO for being in bed with the drug companies. Goddamn drug companies and his fucking theories. Alan submits that up to one billion people could actually be infected and or die before it's over. He also reveals that Aubrey's friend posted on Facebook about him, warning her to leave Chicago. Cheever cannot respond. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a low blow because we're about to, we're going to find out what that leads to and goddamn him. <laughs> Cheever talks to Haggerty. Haggerty says that he has now just become a scapegoat. Furthermore, they have no choice to investigate the claims he leaked sensitive information to his wife. Cheever right. nods right. understanding. Eisenberg, oh, day 21, by the way. Three weeks now into this fucker. Eisenberg gets an email in the lab. A sample of a mutated strain of the MEV1 virus has arrived from Africa. This strain is even more deadly. The death toll was rising into the hundreds of thousands all over the con- continent. Wow. So, just rereading that out to everyone, like, this is us now. Yeah. Different strain. Yep. Different old bag of tricks. Yep. So, like just when you we're in the day safety. 21 phase of <laughs> contagion here in, in real time, so. Yeah, um, just when
3: you thought it was safe to go back in the water.
2: You know, and I'm going to be optimistic because that's the kind of person I am. I am yeah. very, very, very optimistic about... um. Just, just better days happening sooner than later. I, I, I know it's crazy because it's, it's going to get, you know what they always say, it's going to get worse before it gets better.
3: Right, right. But we thought we I were do, starting to put things behind us. Now it's
2: touch and go again. I think we're in for a cold winter. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. I think you're right. Um, <clears throat> Eisenberg and Hextel uh, begin uh animal trails and by the way eisenberg is uh dimitri, uh, dimitri Martin. martin's character right yeah eisenberg and haxtel begin animal trails with monkeys to test vaccine variants none work they wind up bagging all they they end up bagging up a bunch of dead monkeys we see the world practically abam, abandoned at this place yeah everything's, empty everything's streets, airports, shit. gyms, fires. garbage everywhere it's like it's the wasteland. Right. Uh, the early days of the wasteland. Pretty much. Everyone is staying in, afraid that the end of the world has begun. We see posters of Alan uh, yeah, posted around the cities. One yeah, they're, says they're "profit." Like,
3: yeah, what the profit with a "ph"? Some say "profit" with a "fi." With an F. <clears throat> probably
2: significant. <clears throat> signif- probably significant. S- sin- Signifying? Sin- Signifying. Fuck. Of seeing shit, so yeah. probably signifying he is two in it for the money. Yeah. One more time, probably signifying he is too in it for the money. We see a shrine for Lorraine. She and her child died. Alan looks at it stoically. He apparently has was unable to get her the medicine in time, or possibly did nothing. What medicine? It, it, it was
3: a placebo. It was it, it was homeopathic, and it was yeah. just like his.
2: It, it was his. It wasn't going to help her. No, he was playing. He was catering to you know. We saw him the fear mongering. Exactly. Is, he, was,
3: he was like, ah, uh, you don't don't trust don't trust the government. I mean, don't trust big pharma. Here's here's what's going to work for you. It's this little thing that you, it's like he's like echinacea is going to cure cancer. Right. You know, it's kind of how he's treating it.
2: No. Um, He's essentially gaslighting the entire yeah, it really, fucking world. But it is. Anyone who's willing to give him a watch or a listen, right? You know, it's it's cruel. Fuck this man. Day twenty six. Mitch goes for Mitch goes for an MRA handout when they uh, announce that they've run out. Riots ensue, and Mitch saves a woman from getting her food stolen. You see, Mitch go home and looks outside. Now, wait, one, one,
3: one note that I made here, you know, given everything that we that, that we survived this last year, um, the, one, the one bit of falsehood this movie shows is Damon's character Mitch can't just walk around without a mask. He just can't do it. I mean, I understand, you know, he knows that he's immune, but the social stigmatism you got for that shit, try, you know, try going back a year ago and walking around with no mask on last, you know, last year may you just couldn't do it you felt like a fucking social pariah whether you liked it or not You had to put the damn i mean thing on. in what layman's terms he's not. setting a bad example it really is but and and like i said nobody's giving him shit about it you know in his right. mind he's like i don't need the mask mm-hmm. because i'm immune yes but they don't know that you're going to be vilified for not covering your face up like the, right. like, the like the crazy rioting savages have done But that's what I had to
2: say about that. Shit goes down. Riots ensue. Um, There's a woman uh, getting her food stolen. Uh, Cut to that night. We see, or we rather hear gunshots. See, at first watching this, I thought it was a a, a guy killing, like a murder-suicide type situation. That's at first what I thought too. But now we see like like, three guys run out and ski masks Yeah, like they they went,
3: they they looted his neighbor's house. Right. But yeah, initially that's what I thought was a murder-suicide, like, Godward wife and kids just, you know couldn't take it, wasn't gonna wait it out. And decided. I think maybe that
2: was sort of Rogue's intention. It would make you believe it, that's what it was. But right. Then, kind, kind of that over rug, here, and kinda then... pull that rug from underneath of you and it's like, ah, no, robin. Yep. A yep. robbery. Yep. Break him.
3: Yep. This is where society's going. It's worse than you thought. Right.
2: Uh he tries to call 901, but gets to run around with an automated message. Hangs up. Cut to day twenty nine. Mitch goes outside. Um, Mitch goes around his neighbors to look for them, finding none. Finding none, he breaks into one of their homes and steals a shotgun for his and Jory's protection. So when he gets home, we see Jory is gone, and we see footprints outside leading yeah, leading from away. The, like
3: the back door through the snow. Yeah,
2: and it's her and Angel, her and Angel, her and Andrew making snow angels. Um, he goes to kiss. Saying that she's immune uh, and he's healthy, so there should be no problem. Just before he goes in for the kiss, Mitch comes up, pulls him right off of her, telling him to go home. Yeah, so you got to get off. Go, go home, Andrew. So he, it's all he keeps saying. Holding Andrew. the shotgun, every scene, go home, Andrew.
3: Yeah, he's holding the fucking double barrel shotgun at this time.
2: Every scene with this kid, every scene that involves this poor kid ends <laughs> with go home, good home, Go home, Except Andrew. For yeah, uh, he tells Joy to get up and to go home. Back to the CDC lab. Hextel is talking to Cheever. She notes that even with a complete vaccine, it would take months for it to be viable for use. And many more would die in the meantime. Hextel notices the monkey treated with vaccine 57 has no symptoms. Vaccine number 57 successfully protected the monkey from infection. Deciding to be proactive, she injects herself with the vaccine. I love this scene. Not just the scene in particular, the moments that this her giving, saying, fuck this, giving herself the shot, mm-hmm. and then we see her driving and then walking into the hospital with a purpose. She sees her father. She takes the mask off. She, the whole time, she's got this look of just, um, like, like, this wonderful look in her eyes jennifer l's acting is great in this movie yes, I yeah, it is, it is. she goes to see her dad she takes her mask off right away and that smile that she gives him and shit like just i just think this scene just it's a glimmer of hope and it makes me smile and just wanted to throw that out there well
3: she she mentions to her dad about because he was a physician and she's like you know you didn't you, he won the you, nobel prize he didn't win the Nobel Prize. She's talking about the, the, the guy that. Oh, the
2: research. I'm sorry. The, yeah, she, yeah. She,
3: she's like, you remember what you told me about whoever it was that determined ulcers were caused by bacteria and not yeah, stress. Yeah, yeah, You know, so what did he do? He gave himself a vaccine and cured it, you know, and, and and that's when her dad says, yeah, he won the Nobel Prize. But, you know, so she, now you, you can't blame her. She's the scientist who discovered the cure. So naturally, she's going to treat herself and be the first human right. in history to get it and then naturally and as selfish you may think it would be what the fuck would you do went right away and helped the sick loved one yeah in her life you like she kisses oh, his forehead the, while no, he's crying you're gonna be okay
2: Probably his daughter. then the,
3: now the world can have it
2: so we see another news report the cure has been fast-tracked for approval and production the first batch can be ready within 90 days the current death toll worldwide from the virus is estimated to be 26 million now Our death toll currently is nothing like that. It's still bad. You know, it's it's still a higher number than I would like to uh, think. Uh, But twenty six million. And at this point, it's been what?
3: Not even four months it's been like four months because we're, we're at day
2: 131
3: okay yeah okay so yeah a little over four months
2: aubrey's at it's home Fucking the people in four months baby. aubrey's at home when it gets broken into by looters they want the mev1 vaccine and think cheever has it aubrey says no they had to wait like everyone else we see cheever rushing home just as the looters free uh they flee i mean Aubrey was not killed. She was afraid that they touched her as they are just about to receive the vaccine. Because he's like, we get the vaccine tomorrow. Yeah, we'll get, we're getting it tomorrow. And she's like, they didn't touch me. So Alan sees. Uh, Alan goes to see his news contact. Alan is uh, very adamant that the vaccine should not be used. It's not
3: a news contact. The guy runs a hedge fund. Well, that's that's see, you mentioned this guy before. They're not news contact. That this is where you realize that Alan is making the profit. He's it's it is that's the whole insider trading bit. He's talking with this hedge fund guy, okay. And those scenes both times are meeting up in the park, all like clandestine meetings and stuff. And the reason being is because. Alan's giving this guy information that's gonna that he can make millions off of in the stock market. A friend of mine made a good point to me when I was still working at Best Buy. It was right before the holidays last year when we had finally just started open back up to the public, but it was still, you know, limited limited people in store and stuff. Yeah, you and, wanted to
2: buy stuff. You had to go park in a parking lot. Well,
3: we even, even after after that, we started letting people in, but it was like, you know, limited quantities. You know, you had to kind of keep capacity in a limit. Um, and my buddy Chuck made a good point to me. He goes, Sean, you know, a friend of mine invested in plexiglass at the start of this
2: thing. Hmm.
3: And he has got he made himself a ton of money. Because think about it. How many businesses that never had sneeze guards had fucking sneeze guards on? Right. Best Buy never put up fucking sneeze guards until last goddamn summer. So when, when Chuck told me that, I'm like, I'll be damned if that wasn't a smart fucking move. So that's what Alan was doing is he's meeting with this hedge fund guy. So that this guy can can move the money to the right spots to know where this fucking pandemic is going to turn the world, so that they can turn a profit, and that's where Alan. Well, is, that's why it says profit, profit.
2: His hedge fund guy sold him out, sold him the fuck out. But Alan, not before he made him four and a half million fucking dollars too. Alan is still adamant that the vaccine should not be used. He has 12 million people who listen to him every day. Alan sees a garbage man and gets paranoid. He runs off. He was right to do so. Contacts sold him out to the police in a sting operation. He's being arrested for the securities fraud and manslaughter, probably for Lorraine, Mm -hmm. among other things. Mm Day 133. Mm -hmm. Haggerty goes on television doing a vaccine lottery.
3: We may never know where this disease came from, but we do know that this
1: vaccine is a result of the courage and perseverance of a remarkable few.
3: We shall now begin the drawing, John. First
1: MEV-1 vaccination are those people born on March 10th. March.
3: Is
2: so what I you think of this 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 unique way of I just determining it by birth date? Yeah, I'd say, I i do not
3: know. I mean, it's, do it's, you believe it's,
2: that they would have kept up with the number of days so they didn't run out? Just remember, what if it's like you know one of the last picks? Are they gonna have enough for you? For that's what I was well? thinking. I mean, like how
3: you somehow how do you find they, the lowest common denominator right, right. or how to draw the lottery? <clears throat> I mean, we didn't do anything like that. No. It was just. Here's the vaccine. Line up and get it. Yeah, for the most you know? part.
2: Well, no, there were there were phases. There right, like healthcare workers went first, went right. first and right. whatnot. And I think it was a rather there was no issues with it. I think it went off without a hitch. Well, I'm sure there were hitches, but I'm sure. But overall, it went rather well. There were no problems that I knew nah, about. No, but with, the, with, of. with
3: with doing it this way, it, it this helps, however it, is it helps it helps paint the the fear and paranoia that's that that, that comes with uh you Know with a worldwide pandemic like, like what Soderbergh's depicting here, I did because just because you know I'm born October 26th, but you're born on March the 10th, you get it? I gotta wait god knows how long till he draw 1026 out of a goddamn bingo basket, you know, and then why should I feel lesser then just based on my birth date? So I think it's just it, it, it paints a scarier picture, um, than what obviously the WHO and CDC naturally had in the playbook should something happen because we watched it happen last year and once the vaccine was fast-tracked and ready to go people had
2: it. i did notice how in the film it, that they said that uh the the vaccine was being produced in five secret facilities like five five facilities with that are just secret locations right whereas when our vaccines were being created here in the states the, the two major ones pfizer and Moderna, they're like oh what's being produced in the fa- faculty is here here like in this country or this state this yeah this they city. weren't hiding it they're like no was, there was they're, no hiding they're, shit they're like, here hey guys
3: it's common look we we're got we got people we got we got three million people working around the clock
2: <laughs> you know around the globe right so i just noticed so, she refines Hextel on a computer and tells her to take a break. Hextel says that she cannot, not when he is being investigated. Mears died, and her father nearly died treating the sick. She clearly feels that she doesn't deserve all the credit. She had plenty of help. Back in Minnesota, Mitch and Jory watched the uh, lottery. Her birthday didn't come up, so she is stuck in isolation for 144 days. So that's what I'm gathering
3: is they only draw these numbers once every 144 days. This is going to be a
2: long ass process. That's
3: fucking ridiculous. It'd be 10 years before you get the fucking yeah. populace vaccinated. It's, there's no way. It's, that's, 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 uh, that's again, that, 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 that that, that's that, that, like five months. Yeah, that, that paints the, the fear part of it. Cause what's the tagline for this? Nothing spreads like fear, <laughs> you know? So that yeah, right. that helps paint the fear picture of, okay, th- now we have the vaccine. But now, how we we decide who gets in and how long everybody else mm. has to wait. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. They draw March yeah. 10th and you got to wait 144 days to see
2: who's next. And then we see her texting and Andrew, all bummed out about it. Back in Hong Kong in Sung Feng's village, Dr. once is uh, slowly adjusting to her uh, captivity. She is seen teaching an art class to a group of young kids. Just then, Feng pulls her away and tells her that the authorities have caved into his demands and it's time to make the exchange. So. They go to contact on a deserted freeway in Hong Kong. Uh, he gets this uh, like so big steel, like this briefcase with like the, the cooler. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, yeah, it's, yeah,
3: it's like a, it's probably good. You know, two three square feet. It's a it's, it's a it's a big carrying. It's case. Got a hundred vaccine toolbox. shots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's a like big a toolbox, big, like a big steel steel case, <clears throat> airtight cool box. I mean, so they toolbox. make
2: the exchange. Arantes gets uh she takes one of the the, the vaccines Well, they give they it to her, her first her. So so I'm saying so like, they, they give it to her to poison. take right, right. This,
3: the, the way they do the vaccine is it just, it's like a nasal spray yeah exactly kind of like medicine. uh,
2: just like nuke in RoboCop 2 just sniff it right out of the thing All right, so they're at the airport and her contact reveals he gives her her vaccine he's like here's your vaccine to take and she's like wait what I just took it and he's like nah that was a placebo
3: mm-hmm.
2: it's an ordinary flu virus placebo that they gave her uh, they, they, they gave uh, in place of the real one, and they said it was like they, China's protocol. He China says the, the, the Chinese terrorists. told him to do it. This kind of action has apparently been happening all over the world. Yeah, with she's not people. the only
3: one being kidnapped by, yeah. by you know, third world villages held hostage so that they so that they guarantee they get their you know their chance to be saved. And that's where she just gets up. So, she like, walks off and that's it. She just
2: goes, Yeah, she just it's runs very, out of the movie. Yeah. Like,
3: Maren Cotillard just runs out of the movie. Obviously, you're led to believe that she was like basically trying to go back, back to the village, obviously. she's right. concerned for the children. And but she just wanna,
2: gives a look of shock and walks off and literally, that's it. Yeah, Exit she, stage left. Yeah, she just runs
3: out of the movie and that's all you see of her.
2: So, Mitch goes to a nearby desert, uh, deserted shopping mall, being stopped at several checkpoints to make sure he is immune by scanning his well, vaccination. Well, I mean, here, too. Like, it's, the mall's
3: open. Like this, it's, it's, okay? Because
2: people are in that
3: clothing store. and There's a girl behind the jewelry. The mall
2: is vacant, them. but the store in the mall is open. It's like the only place you can go because they have different checkpoints. It's they they are making very they they are making sure that there are no you know incidents. They were well, make yeah. Sure they got
3: the guys cleaning down the food court and the, stuff. The but, sick
2: or far. If potential sick or far. Let's,
3: let's face it. We lived through this and shit. They, they didn't open malls like that for a while they we you know this thing is still like yes on, like they're just starting to get grasps on it they weren't like just leaving jc open in case you needed to go buy new footwear they those bit they weren't deemed essential the way that you know well fucking best buy was deemed essential for some reason god knows you can't survive a pandemic without your <laughs> fucking airpods now
2: real quick it is Unclear whether he really received the vaccine or simply the blaze, but it was just something that, you know, he was just assumed to be immune. I don't know. Just a minor note. Uh, At the police interrogation room, the lead lead detective tells Alan that they looked at his blood work. He was never sick with the virus. He has no antibodies to it. He lied about his condition. And now he has millions of people against the vaccination that could save them instead using a drug that probably doesn't work at all. They're going to charge Alan with fraud, put him in jail, and his money that he made $4.5 million is what he made.
3: That fucking hedge fund guy made him a ton playing the market
2: Well, you getting that. It's going to be locked away, too.
3: Right. He even says to him, he says, I can't imagine it. I got a pretty good imagination. The the amount of civil suits you're going to be facing. You know, you ain't going to see none of that goddamn
2: life. Says, if I could, if I could lock up your computer, too, I I would. If I could put your laptop in jail, I would do it. So just then, another cop comes in. Alan apparently has posted bail with the help of millions of this fucking like followers.
3: Followers, so surprisingly enough,
2: he made bail. A smug Allen leaves the police station defiant and unapologetic to the end about his actions. Cheever is presented two doses by Haggerty—one for him, one for his wife. Cheever says that he's that his wife will want to do them together instead. He gives one to Roger's son. Yeah, he
3: like goes, yeah. He, he says oh, I'm gonna wait till we get home. The wife's made a big deal out of it. We got some chance. she got some champagne. We're gonna want to do these together.
2: you <laughs> Imagine he that. Work. I want to see that scene. Right. Uh, you know. Yay, we're not. So now Florence Fishburne, they get a like old nice, like candle lit, yeah, yeah, light stand,
3: shit up each other's noses, and then they you know <laughs> eat filet mignon. You know, like yeah, it's, that's a weird scene. They're giving each other the vaccine. Right. Right. No, but then he like so like when when Sheeran leaves the office, rather than going straight home, he stops by Roger's house and makes sure Roger's son yeah. gets vaccinated because obviously their number weren't called. They'd have to wait another hundred. I I years.
2: like this touch here where he explains where shaking hands came yeah. from. It came from showing you didn't have a weapon in your hand and you meant no harm. job. Mm-hmm. I can't give him the
1: bracelet you know he'll be safe
3: yeah he'll be to wait another seven months hey okay, what do you say
0: thank you
1: you're welcome anthony you know where this comes from shaking hands no well it was a way of showing a stranger that you weren't carrying a weapon in the old days good job i'll finish your homework You offered your empty right hand to show that you meant no harm. Oh, I didn't know that. I wonder if the virus does. All right, uh, at your, thanks.
2: Roger thanks Cheever and then shakes his hand. Cheever puts him on the vaccine bracelet to keep the charade going. He goes home and gives the other shot to his wife. Cut to day 135. Alan is seen back on the street, resuming his video blog of videotaping long lines at vaccination centers and then going back to his apartment to make more lies and groundless accusations about the U.S. government being responsible for the origins of the MEV1 virus for personal profit to his, so familiar, to his millions of duped internet followers. Things finally seem to be slowly getting back uh, under control as worldwide looting. (coughs) and anarchy begins to wear off. The death toll from the outbreak is declining, and people are slowly getting back to their regular lives. Hextail, Hextal and Eisenberg are seen in the lab, putting the MEV1 virus into long-term liquid nitrogen storage next to some of other, <clears throat> other nearly eradicated virus cultures, hopefully never to be seen again. Jory finds a box in her room from her father, telling her to be ready by 8 o'clock p.m., they're inside inside there is a is a dress he's, he's given her makeshift prom right for her and andrew right um
3: because yeah. they've had a lot of their lives taken a lot of you know a lot of their hopes and dreams of right you
2: know, uh, what high schoolers went and through I, last I, year I, and I, got and taken I, away from them and i want to believe a lot of families did this last year i would hope so um because that they, those kids you know if you're right, if you're if you're the class of 2020 or mm-hmm. 2021 bless you guys yeah
3: hearts out to you guys man I mean, um, you missed out some of the iconic through no fault of your own but iconic moments of your life were just stolen from you by
2: this damn outbreak that were still it it, it sucks but at least you know he he made an honest effort and you know this is a touching scene here yeah
3: you know there's a memory for Mm. her there
2: so we see him up in the bedroom looking for the camera and he finds it turns it on sees pictures of beth during that final business trip that cost her her life he breaks down crying um and then yeah goes downstairs and uh he's
3: going through the photos just photos of her you know, socializing at the casino, mainly of her at the restaurant. She's got photos of the food. She talked. There's mm-hmm. obviously the photo of her shaking hands with that chef, which, you know, yeah, he's going to come back to buy us. you. Yeah,
2: there are uh, there. You know, Mitch watches Jory and Andrew dancing and in that moment. There's hope for the future. Yeah. Andrew's got his tux on. He's got his vaccine bracelet, you know,
3: so they have their, you know, their little makeshift prom in the living room. Cause, you know mitch is decorated like one thing i was just, like how did he pull that off without her knowing like he's got all these christmas lights right. up and you know the prom night thing the banner on the wall and a little disco ball like it's he mad it he's quick yeah he's like fast like that like she's up in a room for a half an hour and he heard of strings up some christmas
2: lights hangs a disco ball so a final flashback occurs we finally see what caused the global pandemic yeah
3: it starts with with, with a, a construction with company yeah and it was beth's company's you know, they're basically leveling a rainforest to make room because they're a mining corporation. They're they're tearing down indigenous species yeah. you know, habitats. You see a bat fly off from yep. the tree that it just got knocked down. In
2: China? In China. He calls the bat. Yeah, the right. bat and, goes. And, 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 the, and the bat He grabs, grabs a piece of banana.
3: Grabs a piece of a banana and he goes up you know to his hangs like, above a hangs, pig's pen hangs up he's like his rafter is above like a not a slaughterhouse but a huge pig pen with man. like tons of you know so that banana piece falls and the pig the, eats and, it and the pigs walk by eats it and then it cuts to the fucking open air market which is which is they're fucking dangerous and it cuts to
2: the chef purchasing said pig and then he puts the pig he's yeah. he's he's Touching the inside of the pig, his mouth with his bare hands. With his bare hands, goes got outside. To the pig so then for the meal. He's notified that someone went, the, the customer wants to meet him. So instead of washing his hands, he just
3: wipes the bloody hands. He just wipes it on apron. his.
2: He just wipes it on the apron and goes out. No reason. Exactly. This is important, people. It's very important to wash your hands for at least thirty seconds. Right, thirty. Mm-hmm. Is it thirty seconds still? Whatever. Yeah, wash your hands, guys. People, especially stuff. if you're dealing with meat. It's very important. Yep. Salmonella, all those he diseases. Raw so pork, it, it's the real you know, deal. Just
3: cut into it. Bare hands, no gloves. Twenty. Somebody, somebody comes up and whispers there's a guest that would like to c- give you her compliments.
2: Wipes his Tens hands of his millions of people die because this motherfucker didn't wash his didn't hands. wash his hands. He it goes out hands. And it, it
3: yeah. ends with a photo with, with, with him shaking her hand. And the counter goes back to day one.
2: Chef Boyardee, you had one goddamn job. And
3: I made a note here. It's exactly how it happened. It went from the bat to the pig to the market to the world. It's exactly how it went down.
2: Day one. And that is Contagion from 2011. Mm -hmm. As voted by the Film Effect audience. Alright. So we got a new category this week that we're going to be doing every week. Um, I have no inbox this week. Jump to the new category that I'm calling... How did we get
1: here? Hey, sketch. How did we get here? I led you here, sir. For I am Spartacus.
2: So it's real simple. How did we get here? How did this movie get made, basically? And I'm about to tell you all. So there's a scene in the informant 2009 Steven Soderbergh film, starring Matt Damon as well. Nope where Matt Damon is watching Scott Bakula's character talking on the phone and Scott coughs on the phone and there's this whole ramp that Matt goes off on and, oh, great, now what happens? He gets sick and then I'm going to get it. My kids are going to get it. I've always been fascinated by transmissivity. So I said to Stephen, I want to do an interesting thriller version of a pandemic movie. And he said, great, let's do that instead. That's a quote from Scott Z. Burns, producer of the film. Uh. Story development for Contagion cons- coincided with Burns' collaboration with Soderbergh on The Informant. The duo had initially planned to create a biographical film on Lenny Riefenstahl, a trailblazer in German cinema during the 1930s and a figure in the rise of Nazi Party. Soderbergh later contacted Burns to cancel the project as he thought that a film about Riefenstahl would struggle to attract an audience. Intrigued with the effect, intrigued with the field of transmission, Burns suggested that they instead create a film that centered on a pandemic situation, an interesting thriller version of a pandemic movie. His main objective was to construct a medical thriller that, quote, really felt like what could happen, end quote. Burns what could happen? Really felt gonna... like what, really felt like what could happen. Is that what I said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Burns consulted with Lawrence Larry Brilliant, renowned for his work in eradicating smallpox, to develop an accurate perception of a pandemic event. He had seen one of Brilliant's TED presentations, which he had been fascinated by, and realized that the point of view of people within that field isn't if this is going to happen, it's what is going to happen. Brilliant introduced Burns to the epidemiologist W.E.N. Lipkin With the aid of these physicians, the producers were able to obtain additional perceptives from representatives of the World Health Organization. Burns also met with the author of The Coming Plague, Lori Garrett. Her 1995 book helped Burns consider a variety of potential plots for the film. He wanted to feature an official from the CDC and ultimately decided to use an (laughs) epidemiologist. Since that role requi- I probably still butchered that name Since <laughs> that role requires interacting with people while tracking the disease. Although he had done research on pandemics six months prior to the two thousand nine flu pandemic, that outbreak enhanced his understanding of the apparatus that responds during the onset stages of a pandemic. To him, it was not solely the virus itself that one had to be concerned about, but how society handles the situation. I saw them come to life, Burns said, and I saw issues about, well, do you close the schools? And if you cho- if you do choose to close the schools, then who stays home with the kids? And will everyone keep their kids at home? Things happening online, which is where the Jude Law character comes from, that, there's going to be information that comes out online where people want to be ahead of the curve. So some people will write things about antivirals or different tra- or different treatment protocols. And so there's always going to be an information and that information also has sort of a viral pulse. So that's the origins of this movie. Um, very detailed. They really, like I mentioned before, when you asked about it, like they got their shit i mind. mean they had access to they the got playbook. all the ducks in it's, order uh, yeah
3: they definitely had access <laughs> to the who cdc playbook with if this could happen how would it right. be handled and we yes. found out 10 years later they had hit the fucking nail on the
2: head and it was something what simple they depicted a bat and a banana
3: and it's pretty much how it fucking it's happened. A bat and man. a banana that's you know that's why i'm saying it's the film was prescient you know you talk about being ahead of your time like it's almost it's eerie how on point it was but like you said it's not if it happens it's when it happens right because it's gonna happen
2: well it happened it's a box of receipts in the operational funds box we will deposit two hundred and fifty thousand american dollars
3: you take it out we put more in i want receipts
2: Contagion premiered September 3rd, 2011 at the 68th annual Venice Film Festival. I'm sorry, Venice International Film Festival, before being released in the masses on September 9th, 2011 from Warner Bros Pictures It opened up when 3,000 it opened up to 3,222 screens. Opening weekend it brought in 22.4 million, coming in at number 1. Second weekend Fourteen point five million, enough to break in at number two, uh, enough to finish at number two, with a thirty five point one percent decline, which is pretty good actually. Well, a film at this magnitude, usually forty five to fifty percent second week drop is, is what's expected. The fact that it held on at thirty five percent, in my opinion, is is good word of mouth so yeah ups, it was just smart it was, it was a smart grown-up movie i mean you hadn't seen anything like this since Dustin Hoffman's it was outbreak. smart and people you were know? seeing that and they were telling their friends that it's, it's not just another pandemic movie this right it's got something to it, it, it yeah, it's only, saying something yeah, like like outbreak kind of did it 20 years prior right <clears throat> with yeah. that like it got
3: people talking like again not not if but when you
2: mm-hmm. know so it had a message yeah and,
3: and it, it, it 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 pricked up people's ears right if you will
2: Uh, Total gross, $136.5 million worldwide, against a budget of $60 million. Um, To be blunt, that may look like a a home run. Honestly, you double that budget with marketing and everything. I would say this wasn't the green for Warner Brothers, though i mean
3: slightly in the pennies to the dollar yeah it mm. wasn't it wasn't like a a, a a huge
2: windfall of cash that's why we're not seeing contagion again you know coming yeah. to theaters next month right you
3: know right i mean I'll, now granted i'm sure a lot of because there's so many people in this cast i'm sure some people you know made adjustments to their normal salaries too you know if i'm
2: being honest i'm surprised it made that much money right. i the, uh, movies like this I'm sorry but the, the the general the GP like they don't go out of their way to see films like this no. they, it's, they're just
3: Although you know what it's probably getting so, it, it probably got sold out more in the last year than it ever has Yeah
2: well a lot of people with the mentality why would I pay to see a movie about fear like to see like depressing why right. would I pay to be depressed right you exactly know? it's not a happy movie I'm yeah, not gonna feel good it's, coming it's, out yeah, of it this definitely.
3: It's, so it's hard to you know when I, especially when dollar. I
2: can wait a couple months and it'll be on HBO right you know I'm gonna experience it right. I'm gonna experience it for free but I think what sold this movie is the the, the the ensemble cast yeah
3: the performances are, are word of mouth. mouth yeah
2: and I think it shows if that second weekend box office drop um and just good writing, and the fact that the movie had something to say, and and told it in a very intricate and and, and unique way. Um, there's, I don't know. Let's just go to the critics' corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See what they had to say. Uh... Um, and they had to say a lot. They had a lot to say. Rotten Tomatoes, 85%. That's that's based on 272 reviews. The consensus states, tense, tightly plotted, and bolstered by a stellar cast. Contagion is an exceptionally smart and scary disaster movie. It has a Metacritic score of 70 out of 100. And a cinema score of B-. minus. The Guardian... Journalist Peter Bradshaw felt that contagions blended together uh, as a film, although um, says that Soderbergh was somewhat unsuccessful in channeling the fears, frights, and the massive sense of loss of ordinary people uh, to the New York. The New Yorker, the, they said that the brilliant film was serious, precise, frightening, and emotionally enveloping. Uh, despite all the Despite applauding Soderbergh for hopscotching tidily between the intimate and international, The Atlantic's Christopher Orr was disappointed with the film's detached and clinical deposition, disposition, which led him to conclude that Contagion should have gone with a more inflexible rationale or a lesson beyond wash your hands often and hope you're lucky. Uh, for all the craft that went into it, Contagion was ultimately beyond good or bad, beyond criticism. It just is.
3: Um, that's a fair assessment. I
2: I agree with that. I, that is that is fair. It's a fair assessment. The New Yorker wrote, "Mr. Soderbergh doesn't milk your ear, doesn't milk your tears as things fall apart, but a passion that can feel like a cold rage is inscribed in his images of men and women isolated in the frame, in the blurred point of view of the dying, and the insistence, the of stillness of a visual style that seems like an extortion." Um. Exhortation. Ex- Exhortation to look. I've never heard that word before in my life. <laughs> uh in regards to the story <laughs> Salon. Salon again. What the hell? Are Remember the doing? salon review? Yeah. Uh they announced that the crisp and this, what the fuck they're using words um succ- succ- succinct, succ- succinct? Succinct. 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 Uh, so, Salon likes to use big words. They avouched that the crisp and succinct narrative matched up to the beautiful composed visuals of the film. The New York, the Hollywood Reporter proclaimed that Soderbergh and Burns effectively created anxiety in the shrewd and unsensationalistic film without being exaggerated, without becoming exaggerated, sorry. A sentiment echoed by NPR, who insisted that the duo weave multiple characters into a narrative that's complex without being confused, confusing, and intelligent without being baffling. I like that. The performances of multiple cast members were frequently mentioned in the reviews. The New York Post asserted that uh, Jennifer L. was outstanding, a view that was... Uh, Mirrored that by that of the Boston Globe journalist Wesley Morris. I, I know Wesley Morris. He appears on uh, the rewatchables from time to time. Oh yeah. He he thinks that Axel Foley is a homosexual. <laughs> uh Who yeah, listened to uh their uh rewatchables? The Beverly Hills Cop episode. He's very adamant that he's homosexual. That no movie. shit. Yeah. He he doesn't really. He, he's kind of got a point with some of his arguments. I'm uh, curious to hear that. Uh, now. I praised, have to look for it. You praise He praised not only L's performance, but the work of the undercard, such as Cranston, Gold, and Calantoni. Callantoni. Colin Tony. Erika. Colin Tony. That's who we're talking oh, about. Oh, that's what t- yeah, okay, yeah, the top. Yeah. Yeah. The
3: Homeland Security guy. He got it up. All uh, right. Similarly, yeah, Galaxy Quest.
2: Peter Travellers uh, Rolling Stone called L the best in show. As the Los Angeles Times Kenneth Turan summed up, two-time Tony Award-winning actress Jennifer L. comes close to stealing the picture with this quietly yet quirky, empathetic performance. See, I, I agree. I tend to agree. She's kind of my MVP for this movie. Yeah. Um. And yeah, she she does. She really is. Um, Roger Ebert, Ebes said. <laughs> the blogger subplot doesn't interact clearly with the main storylines and functions mostly as an alarming but vague distraction mm-hmm. yeah okay. um
3: but it was, it, it's something that would still be there in society so they had to you know shine a little bit of a light on it give it you know give it its time in the story so I can see why it's there yeah right
2: uh, so, uh, biggest takeaways
3: Mr. Madison what you just said
1: is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.
3: Um, Mine's gonna be, again, I've said it before, how prescient the film is. I mean, looking back at it, you know, revisiting it, Ten years later, after living through it last year, you know, um, I'm willing to say that more people probably sought this out in the last year than than ever before. People that probably had no desire or thought about it or, you know, knew of it and forgot about it were like, well, let's watch this and see. And they're probably the same way, like, oh, my God, how right this was. You know, um, so yeah, that's that's my takeaway. Was I mean, they did their fucking homework. They had access to the playbook, and you know, Soderbergh and his production team, they literally hit the nail on the head because at that time it was a what if, you know.
2: Now it's a you know, it did right. You know, All right, here's what I wrote down: the global cinematography is beautiful. Soderbergh utilizes appropriate color filters and captures some very beautiful shots from all around the world. That day one reveal during the last scene is one of those holy shit moments I'll always remember. Mm-hmm. The acting is collectively uncanny. This entire cast is on point. And my final note is all too familiarity. Yeah. So.
3: And you're, yeah, you're right about it. Like, Soderbergh does love him some warm blue, you know, warm, cold color filters. You know, pl-
2: pl- oh, and, they're, and they're they're used just perfectly. In yeah, I film. mean, especially you know, the Minnesota scenes are blue, right? Your Hong Kong scenes are like orange-ish, like the, the depicting like heat, kind of yeah, like again, yeah, it's the warm, what Spike the, Lee uses the, the, the and and do the right thing for New York in the right. middle of a heat wave,
3: right? Well, I mean, he he did it, he did it. You know, it was more in your face when he did traffic. You know, because all your scenes yeah. with the drugs are were done. Mm-hmm. You know, Michael Douglas' character were all done with the cool blue. You know, but then all your stuff with Del Toro and the and you know, the Mexican drug cartel were done with like the warm yellow. Yeah, you know, so right. he definitely and it sets it sets the tone. So you never you never feel displaced, wondering where you're at in the setting. You know, so it, he definitely he 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 uses those filters much like the Palma uses a split diopter. <laughs> you
2: know, um, Mulligan moment. If you
1: had to do it all over again,
2: would you make the same choices? I'm sure you did. What is yours? Uh,
3: not really. No, really?
2: Not, nah, like like thinking. You wouldn't change a thing about this movie.
3: Well, I mean, it's it's a brisk film. Like we were talking before we got started. I mean, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. You know, it, it it gets a lot done in you know less than two hours.
2: It is brisk. Um, yeah, do you know that would make it even more brisk? What's that? They would eighty six that fucking Orante's kidnapping subplot. Too little, too late for an already yeah. full movie. Yeah, okay, I yeah, I like I'll, I'll have to agree with you on that. I mean, yeah, it adds a little bit to uh, you know a,
3: a little bit. I think what 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 that adds to the film is it shows that even. The best of people resort to the worst of things because I, let's face it, the guy that kidnaps her, just he probably he had a very successful career working, you know, some sort of some sort of Chinese dignitary He had to be, whatever that guy did for a living, he was like rubbing elbows with the WHO, so he was up there in, you know, Chinese diplomacy, and he just tossed all that shit away for the sake of sixty people in his village because he had to bury his mom. I think it's you know, so it shows. I think that's what that shows is that. Even the worst of times bring out the worst and even the good people.
2: I think it is a, a complete waste of Marion Cotillard. I, you know, she's got top billing in this movie. True, and she's hardly. I mean, she's
3: it. there, and you know, she kind of, you know, and when she, she is in, picture, it, she's
2: teaching fucking kids art and uh, shit.
3: Yeah, I mean, initially her character is painting the picture of like how they predict that it's going to be an epidemic and how they get in front of handling said epidemic, and then that whole, you know. Arc for her is tossed aside when she becomes a damsel in distress.
2: <laughs> it's a waste. You know? I and would then, never like And then it. like
3: you said, she just runs out of the movie stage right in the airport. And right at the beginning
2: of Act Three. Yeah. And that's how you're gonna treat her in this movie. I just think it's I don't know. It did Yard wrong, man. It did her wrong. Finger looking good.
3: Finger looking good. <laughs> That fucking autopsy scene. I
2: love it. Yeah. I
3: love it. It's just like. I had a feeling it you cuts, were going to say that. I really you did. It. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not there long, but again, I think what sticks with me aside from, you know, the way it cuts to it and then you got a split second before you hear the bone saw and then you finally realize, you know, you know, you cut the, you, you cut to her frozen face and you're five seconds into the scene before you realize what's really going on. You know, but he doesn't hold your hand with it. Soderbergh, figure, you know, he knows you're going to pick up his clues—visual, audible. Um, the dialogue between those two examiners, which is like, you want me to get a sample? I want you to step away from the table. Yeah. But for me, it's like you know, it's like wondering what's in Marcellus Wallace's briefcase. I want to know what they saw inside that skull. Like, what was it that, like, like, for, like, within a split second? I like a this shrewd of mystery like that. True, true. It's 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 your MacGuffin. You know, it's your Maltese Falcon, if you will. You know, but there's, I don't know, maybe this morbid side of me that wanted the camera to flip around to the backside and show whatever kind of brain rot, like, you know, this guy literally just spots it immediately. Like, he knows something is up. This is not a normal, you know, meningitis infection, you know. Uh,
2: So it's not necessarily my favorite scene, but I do love how Soderbergh makes us wait till literally the last part of the movie to see where the disease came from. I find it fascinating and the best way to end a film that like of this magnitude. Yeah, it's,
3: absolutely. He loops it back around. And it, it's you know, he foreshadows it slightly a couple minutes ahead of time with that camera, right before Damon goes down to join his daughter's prom. Yeah. He's going through that digital camera and it goes back to that photo that she took that you had just seen ten minutes prior. You're like, Oh my God, I thought it was a throwaway scene and now here I was looking at patient zero on day one. Yeah, you know. So yeah, you're right. I I, I dug that. Like he does, kind of keep you hanging. Like at, at first, you're like you want to know, and then you're like, okay, well, she just brought this weird flu back from Hong Kong that infected the world. But you don't, and you kind of forget. Well, how did she get the weird flu? And then <laughs> at the end, he shows you how she got the weird fucking flu, and it was all from some careless, goddamn open air market food handling in a foreign culture. Right.
2: Just your final thoughts? I say we uh, tie a bow on it and put her to bed. Um. So, uh, this very entertaining, well crafted, strong cast, strong performances. Um, it it's it's a nice brisk. Hour and a half, hour 40, you know, about an hour 45 minutes. Okay, but it it doesn't feel its length. No, no, Um, it's
3: kind of it brushes, it's very broad strokes, but again, it touches, it hits all the beats.
2: There are elements that are really close to home in this film. Yes,
3: some, some thankfully were, were,
2: uh, didn't come to pass. Yeah, (laughs) it's, it's, it's a hard watch, but it's also. An entertaining watch. Take that for what you yeah, will. It's, it's a heavy
3: movie, and especially given everything we've lived through in the last year, it's something everybody's. Sh- I mean, I'm gonna say everybody should see it because let's face it, everybody just fucking lived it. But if you if you watch films and you haven't seen this or you know it's not your cup of tea, but you got you know there's <laughs> worse ways you can kill two hours, and you'll be taken aback right. like, wow, how fucking close did these guys really get it ten years ago?
2: yeah and as i mentioned they did their research they had all their you know ducks in line mm-hmm. and it what they speculate. came out with it was it a very speculate. you know accurate portrayal. accurate informative portrayal at the of, time it
3: was a prediction now it'd be considered a portrayal yeah you know and 10 years ago it was an accurate prediction today we're looking at it as an accurate
2: portrayal so yeah Again, um, it's not
3: if it's when yeah <laughs>
2: Just what if just when if just we we have enough jude laws out there we don't need any more no to stop (laughs) that's all all right so did you want anything to your final thought no
3: i think we kind of we both share the same sentiment i think we had a you know cool uh, i think we both said like like, again I, i think it's something it's a film that everybody should give a look especially given what we just you know went through Yes, it's, it's, it got really bad for us. And, you know, it still, it still hasn't gotten, you know, I don't want to say it hasn't gotten better, but it hasn't got to the, it hasn't got to the better that we want it to be. Um, but this will remind you that it could have went worse. It could have gone worse because it went really bad, really quick. And this, you know,
2: story. This episode is sponsored by the COVID vaccine, (laughs) whether it's Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, over 4.4 million people have lost their lives to this disease ever since going global in late 2019, early 2020. And with the Delta variant now causing its own destruction, it seems now is the time for herd immunity. People want to argue masks all over again, saying the Delta variant can infect you with even the vaccine in your blood. And while that is true, if everyone had the vaccine, then it would be a non-issue. You may be contagious with one of the vaccines, but if we all did our part, then our chances of returning to reality would be greater and there's scientific evidence that supports what I'm saying. All it takes is a simple internet research and you can see for yourself. All that being said, this film definitely gets the film effects seal of approval and that will bring things home for this edition of the show. One down, many more to follow. If you enjoyed this episode and want to continue to support the show, then please do so by leaving a 5-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever SS- wherever accessible. It helps with the algorithm and helps us grow so more people can check us out. And while you're at it, check out our website at podpage.com where you'll find our ever-growing collection of previous episodes along with film effect merchandise that you can now purchase directly. We'll be back this Thursday for an all-out war featuring Caesar, taking on the colonel and his men on, for the planet in the final installment of the twenty. Um, in the final installment of the Apes prequels 2017's War for the Planet of the Apes from yeah, the very talented and busy Mr. Rob, Mr. Matt Reeves Yeah, I've been looking forward to doing this one boy Yeah. See, war is coming this Thursday to the same film effect place at the same film effect time and until that moment occurs
3: Gang we shall see y'all again when those theater lights go dim And the
2: opening credits begin to roll. I've been Ed. That's been Sean. It has been fun, but now it is done. Alright guys, check you later. Check you later. Check you later.